the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of Aurolic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. TheTreehouseAK.com located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their pop and tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage, is our go-to for powder sleds and utility rigs. Whether you're in the mountains with the flat bill bros, running trap lines, or hauling freight, they have the selection to get you dialed from peaks to the valleys. Find them on Commercial Drive or akmining.com. I love hearing that part uh, from guys that have like been doing it, like yourselves, you know? You surf, you hunt, build boats. And you could just call somebody at any given day and be like, guess what I did today? <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> just, we're, we're very blessed yeah. up here. Yeah. Um, but uh, did you guys, so you guys did not draw anything? No. Zero, struck zero. out? Yeah. Does that immediately roll over into uh, like a plan, a plan B? Is there like a, like a moose hunt you do or some other like caribou hunt that's an annual thing if you don't draw? 
it actually kind of frees my plans up now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Until you know if you're drawn, you, you've got like plan A, B, C, and D, yeah. right? And yeah, now, right. now you can start to pick one. Yeah. It's, it's a relief at the same time. Like, just get it over with. I either got one or I don't. Now I can go, okay, all right, here's my you know, spring black bear. You know, do a sheep or a goat or something in the, you know, early, yep. early fall, translate into moose season, you know, and then if you got a buddy who got a goat tag then you gotta start in October, it. you know, you gotta start working out or if you have a nice time. boat, you go after deer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, man. Uh, real quick. I just wanted to, uh, a couple notable things, uh, shout out again to everybody that was involved in our draw result party last night. We, we took, uh, took place at Double Shovel Cider Company. Um, Jack and his crew opened up the house to us last night. And what do we have, about 75, maybe 80 people yeah, yeah. that were kind of floating in and out. I think we had maybe 40-plus folks um, get the app and uh, played our trivia. Trivia was fun. Yeah. That was, was a good. lot of fun. We had 25 questions. Had some giveaways. We had some binos from uh, Big Rays. We had really nice rod and reel or rod set up with some flies and packaged up some local greens and cider and swag and all kinds of fun stuff uh, for our participants. And so, uh, just once again, wanted to thank everybody, uh, especially the folks that came out and participated uh, in that. Um, without people coming, it wasn't you know gonna yeah. happen <laughs> just shout out to emma for winning the moose call emma man yeah she just nailed it and she was the only gal yeah. that participated out of our i think uh 12 is it only 12 participants I think it was more maybe than 15 that. yeah i don't the list was like halfway down the yeah. page yeah um yeah this gal she's all like yeah you know i dabble i've done it a few times like okay Come to find out later, she's like daddy's secret weapon. Yeah, hundred oh, percent. The like, tone was that horrible. makes sense, man. He's like, you go stand over there. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. just killed it, man. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. she 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 would didn't really want to do it. I kind of was hounding her about it, so I got her out of her you know comfort zone there. She was a little bit red in the face, but once she did, and everybody was like, whoa, yeah. that was a good call. She could tell her confidence was. Skyrocketed, but and, uh, in Francisco, right? The oh, little Francisco, yeah. yeah, little little man got in yeah, there. Yeah. Had with a moose, mean with a moose call. Oh. It was like a calf call. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good shot for a six-year-old. That's yeah. pretty cool. He definitely would would have uh, easily called in a, a a baby calf with that just adorable <laughs> adorable call. Yeah, it was um, nice. But yeah, yeah, thanks to everybody and some wolves. Our crew with that. Um, uh, and then, shout out. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, shout out to Jay Liska for making us some hop cider for the event yesterday. Or not hop cider. Hi, uh, hop, hop water. water. AKJ's hop water. That uh, we are enjoying. Uh, what do you guys right think? Now. It's yeah. good. Pretty it's good. good. Real good. Shall, yeah. we, shall we cheers to Jay? Yeah. I think we should cheers to Jay. Yeah. If cheers. you guys haven't heard of Jay, man, AKJ's, check him out. He's so. snow bikes up in his backyard up in, in Upper Huffman. And he's... Uh, interesting cat you guys have heard of borderline the snowboard co oh, company yeah, yeah. from back in the day yeah, yeah. yeah so jay liska and his brother scott oh. were the i knew i recognized that yeah, name. they're yeah, the ogs yeah, yeah. of that yeah and so oh, jay yeah. was like one of the first pro snowboarders in the world one of the first world extremes and so he made this for us so wow, really super that's cool awesome. guy. Yeah. yeah hung out with scott quite a bit oh yeah he was uh, surfer, you yeah know. i've heard stories uh, yeah so on great. the viking huh? yeah yeah i've surfed on the viking before oh, yeah yeah it's fun yeah is anybody doing that anymore i think there's I mean, a couple surf tours out of seward cell okay yeah. he was just a pioneer right kind of started it he was the guy yeah yeah, yeah. he yeah. was the first to like commercialize it i think 
He w- but he would have been one of the first that found the wave too, or the waves. Yeah. Yeah. No. That. Uh, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, for the hot water, it is really good. Um, just a couple quick mentions to uh, local greens. Um, that's another endeavor that Jack has going on. Uh, we actually have fresh microgreen uh, salads and and greens. You can actually get at Double Shovel. And you can get a subscription. So you can get those uh, sent or delivered to you through uh, Local Greens. It's a great local resource, all natural. Um, locally you know, grown. Locally grown, not round, the market stuff. Fresh veggies. Nice. Yeah. So uh, if you guys are ever in town and you swing by the shovel for a cider, definitely grab a bag of those. You'd be surprised. They're amazing. They really are. Uh, so, so you don't deliver down to Homer? No, I wish. I, well, I wish, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, you take me out on one of those boats, I'll come down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, that's what's got you boys up here today. Um, I've got uh, Eric. Uh, Eric, how do you sp- how do you pronounce that last name, Eric? Ingebretson. Ingebretson. Okay. There's no okay. L. Everybody wants to put an L in it, but there's no L. Is it Brad yeah. Conley? That's right. Brad Conley. Okay. I, uh, my grandparents, uh, uh, the Connollys were in Homer for years. The old putter in and the, and the uh, Connolly house there up on East End Road, but they spell it a little differently. So I'm like, I hope I get that right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, we've got Brad and Eric in, uh, from, uh, Baywell Boats and Coldwater AK today. Uh, the boat show is in town. So what's the boat show vibes looking like? It's great. Uh, so it's the Anchorage Boat Show. Um, we were actually just at dinner tonight. Earlier, we were mm. figuring out how long we've been doing this. It's this is our ninth season at the boat show. Okay. Uh, this particular Anchorage Boat Show. Um, it's over at the Denina, and yeah, it's good. It's um, <clears throat> you know, it's been kind of a few years of recovery since COVID. COVID mm-hmm. kind of shut all this kind of stuff down, right. and yeah, really did you know put a hurt on it but um it's last been, two years i feel like it's come back yep it's been you know? building back up yeah yep. and um so yeah i think it was pretty well attended today and uh good conversations it's always fun to just show people what we're doing down in homer yeah people yeah. are amazed yeah that's one of our favorite things is people are like i didn't know you were down there yeah. and uh that's like our favorite thing that's the whole reason we come up here just so that people know we're down there yeah doing what we're doing yeah just admit just that presence right yep and those boats just are the shining stars of yeah. a boat show, man. Yeah. Uh, you guys remember the boat show when it was in the Northway Mall? Yeah, we didn't actually um, participate in that one. No, I didn't. I, I don't remember ever seeing your guys' yeah. boats. And that, I mean, that was just all there was for a boat show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I did 15 years ago. I went and looked at all the Weld Crafts and Hughes Crafts and great boats. Mm-hmm. Um, very generic kind of uh, display. Yeah. Uh, not critiquing in a negative way what they did. It was just it was so dry and bland and kind of just, yeah, you could go and buy a John boat or a jet boat or find a good boat there. But um, I like what they're doing the Denina now. It's, it's just got more flair and more modern feel to it. Yeah, we're um, and we're we're really behind it. We're, we've been pushing for years for it to be a, a bigger show all the time yeah. and bring more stuff. We we brought three boats this year, um, all pretty diverse ones. They're all very different. We brought one patrol boat that we built for the troopers this year, a catamaran, uh, kind of the the perfect catchmac bay boat, and then we bought this brought this big uh, like <clears throat> little mini yacht. It's a thirty six footer that's just 
really cool. What's that one's name? Uh, the Global C. Uh, Global C. Yeah. It's got, guys' names are awesome. It's got big horsepower. It's super fast. It's really nice finishes. So, we just, again, we're trying to display like a, you know, a variety um, kind of along the lines of what you're saying is, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of good manufactured boats out there that are right. similar and um, we're, we're always trying to do something different. Right. And so, the, the show is a great spot to showcase that. I mean, that's what it's all about, showing, showing what we're doing and we're deliberately trying to do things a little different. And, and it gives us an opportunity to connect with the state, you know, being down there in Homer, uh, mm-hmm. get to choose some real, you know, attractive, uh, unique boats, bring them up here. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we have a lot of fans, people that follow the, the brand oh, and absolutely. all the boats that we For build. Sure. And, uh, it's that one time of year they can come on and walk mm-hmm. around and oh, yeah. sit in the seat and see what it's about. Sure. We're, when we walk the docks, uh, my kids and I, we're, we all know what the Baywell boats look like. <laughs> they you they know? stand yeah, out, Especially that signature <laughs> curve. What it, I don't even know what you call What do you call the signature curve right on the The back? signature curve. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's and, and I mean, Got my, it. I think since the kids were like four or five, they'd be like, Dad, there's another Baywell. And we have to like that's walk so over cool. and look at that <laughs> boat. We don't look at the other ones really. You know, they, I mean, they are shining stars. And those catamarans, when you see them, they're just awestruck. You're like, this is a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They cool. just cut through yeah. the water. I don't think I can go to the boat show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just just drool, just bring yeah. a towel with you everywhere you go. How can I sell my boat and get one of those? <laughs> well, beyond all the the glitz and glamour of uh, displaying a gorgeous boat at the show and and you know, chatting it up with folks, give us a little bit behind the scenes on the challenges and logistics of the boat show. Getting your boat here, I imagine some of them need definitely oversized um, equipment or even pilots. I don't know if any of them need a pilot truck. Yeah, all, all three of them we brought this year required uh, pilot vehicles. Wow. Okay. Uh, so they're all over, um, you know, normal width for, for moving. So, yeah, yeah, we were pushing the limit a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and tractor uh, trailers got to haul them up? Uh, no, or we, we, get them with- we tow them most, mostly. We hired big dualies one or of something? The, yeah, uh, we brought two of them up uh, with our trucks, and then one of them we hired a a moving a local moving company homer boatyard to haul it up for us okay yeah um, it was just the weight it was just a little too heavy for us um and it's always dicey this time of year so this actually was one of our probably best road condition years we've had in a long time oh nice i've we've i've made this trip a few times like rain on ice coming oh, over the pass oh, white knuckle with a twenty thousand pound boat pushing you down the hill you know it's mm. like <clears throat> not not that much fun but not we, ideal <laughs> we always make it uh you know it's a logistical challenge we always have good contingencies and a plan and got to get them up here got to get them washed got to get them in the show in a certain time then you got to scrub them again and it's it's a thing you know where like, do you even wash them at is there something set up in in the street uh, outside the denina there? we've we've uh as the boats that we've brought have gotten bigger we've um outgrown the car washes each year and yeah. so we were right. at monster wash last year over on was that diamond diamond yeah, yeah. down the road yep. which was great but we were like brad was on top of the boat like pushing the door up so we could get it in, get it in there <laughs> yeah. it, was, it yeah. was tight uh so this year actually um uh, <clears throat> uh hired trailer craft they got a big trail wash bay oh, okay that the boats oh, would fit in oh yeah so you pull right through we oh. hired them to wash them off it was great nice they did a great job that's yeah. and you're partnering with another local business supporting you guys yep Yep. Yeah, oh, no, it was, it was fantastic. Great. So we had cycling through. Actually, I towed a boat up on Wednesday, dropped it off with them. They washed it, 
brought two more up on Thursday and just cycled them through while we moved them over to the Denina and uh, yeah, it worked great. It was it was actually a huge relief to us to have somebody else doing a little bit of the work instead yeah. of all ourselves. For you know? sure, man. But yeah, it's it's a lot of logistics to get the boats safely from Homer here, cleaned in the show, ready to present to people like it's a brand new shiny clean product right you know, when, yeah. when it came down the road and it was a mud ball right, <laughs> right. oh for sure well and then the the leadership group i guess i'll call it that if that's what it is with the nina that coordinates the show itself i mean is there a lot of pre-planning and communication and correspondence that's going on say six months in advance or even a year in advance it, or yeah. kind of when did you guys start gearing up for that yeah we start chatting about it and kind of just securing our spot you mm -hmm. know like maybe uh in the fall you know right after hunting season or something we, we okay. touch base we check in that's pretty early but really the the um kind of the planning and laying it all out happens like a month or two before so right after christmas we start really digging into the plan mm. so yeah i get through the holidays and, it, yeah. and it's not just bay uh all of our boats uh, uh you know the cushions are the upholstery comes from down in Homer. I mean, the electronics, the nuts and bolts, everything. Sure. A lot of those businesses are coming up at the same time, and we all set up shop together. It's oh, kind of right. a mutual support, kind of represent all the the marine trades down in Homer and uh, kind of what it what's entailed to make that happen, you know. So yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'll give a, a real good plug for that. Homer Marine Trades Association is, is a, a group we're part of down there, and we coordinate with them cooperatively lease the space at the show okay so that all our vendors all the people that participate in homer to help us build this boat they're at the show with us yeah so we're standing on the boat with one of our customers and they're like having an electronic problem we're like well there's the guy right there that can answer your question you know yeah he's yeah. the guy that sold us the equipment so it's yeah. a great it's a great thing that's going on there yeah and everybody's part of it yeah 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 that is incredible is that the only boat show you guys do uh, we also do this, the sportsman show. Okay. Great, great last mm -hmm. sportsman show. We yeah. always bring a boat and display in the, in the parking lot there. Um, Just one usually for that one? One, sometimes two. Yeah, if you got the space yeah. or whatever. Usually it comes down to if we got the boats because by then people are wanting to <laughs> Very fair. go fishing. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> um, we always bring customer boats. You know, we, we, yeah. we always have folks that are willing to let us show. Um, but, yeah, so one or two boats, the sportsman. Uh, we attend a couple of West Coast shows, like the Seattle Boat Show, mm -hmm. um, Pacific Marine Expo, but we don't um, we don't take boats to those. Yeah, so, a little too far. Do you guys have yeah. any boats down in the states? Has a few? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we sent a boat to Kona this year. That was cool. Oh yeah. Uh, we got a boat oh. in Florida. We got one on the Great Lakes. We got one in Maine. Um, I kind of lose track, but yeah, yeah we got a handful. Not, not a lot, a little but bit. Yeah. put a few. Yeah. Did it get shipped to Kona? Or did you, someone take it? It got shipped. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, be a lot of like fuel. Adventure. <laughs> yeah. There's fuel on barges on the way or something. Yeah. That's cool. So you guys are two or three shows a year-ish, kind mm -hmm. of where you're at. Yeah. How do you feel that you stack when you go to that Seattle boat show? And there's all the big manufacturers kind of, that's really where it's at, right? Yeah. That's Where, that's where all the big boys are. and For the West Coast, that's yeah. the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. And I was just there. I, I spent a few days down at the Seattle show. and Yeah. Um, it's in full swing again. It's always impressive. They got a lot of stuff, a lot yeah. of boats. Um, so the the Alaska show, the Anchorage boat show, it's, it's small, obviously, mm -hmm. comparatively. I'd love to see yeah. it bigger. So we're behind it all the way to try to make this thing <clears throat> as big as it can be over the years, you know, and 
because we're right now it's not really representing the whole state in terms of what's going on mm. in the boat world you know mm-hmm. there's yeah. more that could be done more more that could happen and we're we're here to help make that happen you know yeah kind of be the the engine or catalyst to that yeah i mean we obviously yeah. we love being the having a lot of spotlight which we do there's we got a lot mm-hmm. there to, for people to come see yeah but really um we'd love the participation of everybody that's in the boat world that's good for everybody yeah. you know come, yeah. come show what they're doing we all learn from each other we encourage each other it's, it's good stuff so b- bigger the better yeah so. and as for participants this year at the show you got like amds and um do we i mean you uh got AMDS all the main guys isn't there they uh, not? they okay. are doing i think they're hosting the start of the iditarod this weekend okay and mm. they couldn't do both I, yeah I think that's what i heard anyway so, right yeah. right okay so is it mainly your guys's boats and then uh raider boats is there raider okay um and um um oh what's their names um cabela's or Bass Pro. Bass Pro, sorry, yeah, Bass Pro. They got, got some of their, like, their stuff there. Thunder, yeah. thunder Jet uh, yep. setups that they got. And they got a pontoon boat, which I want a pontoon boat so bad. But <laughs> <laughs> They look fun. Yeah. Uh, so they got they got. You, a, you probably know a guy could build you yeah, one. Yeah, you know? I, I probably do. Every time I bring it up in staff meetings, I get a lot of eye rolls. Like, <laughs> uh, he's, not, he's not serious, is he? <laughs> uh, there's, uh, so yeah, there's, who else is there? Um, oh, North River's got a bunch of boats there. Okay. Um Who's the dealer for them? They're up in Palmer, right? Frontier Fabrication. Oh, is that Frontier Fabrication? Yeah. That's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. They had some nice boats in there, a few boats they had a couple there? in there. Yeah, and they nice. weren't there the last couple of years. That's the first year we had North Rivers in the show for a while, so it was good to okay. see them there. Cool. So you get a little diversity in there. Because mm-hmm. really, I mean, you can call it competition, but competition breeds excellence. And then, you know, people need to know that there's other vendors and dealers in our state. The, you know, yeah, the, the, I know you guys all really support each other in the end. Everybody's trying to sell boats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's enough business for all of us. It's all yeah. about keep the money in the state, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever's mm-hmm. getting it, keep it here. Yeah. It keeps circulating. People own three to five boats in their lifetime. We're hoping mm-hmm. to be one of those boats, right. you know? Yeah. Um, probably two, the last. Two, two would be great. Probably, yeah. probably the <laughs> we're last. Not, we're not greedy. Yeah. <laughs> or two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, for one or two. One before the catamaran. Yeah. <laughs> I say my I got a buddy who's got a nice kingfisher and I he he says my ever, forever boat would be a Baywell. <laughs> That's right. I think we all He's just view like that aspiring way. for that Baywell. We, we had a customer name a boat we built him the last one. Oh perfect. But then he sold it and we built him another one. Oh. So. <laughs> the last one too. <laughs> that was the second to the last yeah. one. <laughs> it's it's fun, right? Like so Boat ownership is about having a tool to go do what you mm. want to do, experience Alaska in the way you want to experience it. But the other thing it is that we're marketing is it's fun to build them. Like it's a super mm. creative process, yeah. and that's half of the um, half of the enjoyment of people getting a bay weld is they get to create something they dreamed of. We get to bring it to life. Like that whole process, it's. Um, routine for us that we get to the end of a build and people are like bummed out like we gave them the boat and they're like oh man that's over you know like i, uh, I gotta go oh, use yeah. all those updates yeah. and everything the the yeah, like they, leading up to it it's super yeah, fun they, they come in the shop they get to be part of the process you yeah. know and they want to do it again you know yeah. they get to, oh sure they get to go through the design and dreaming up this this thing they've been looking forward to and yeah and it becomes a cool, home man, man. Ah, that's so cool gosh man that's uh see that's that stuff that you don't you don't see in a web page or, or marketing, you know, that's that like real raw experience part of 
what you guys are doing in your niche yeah. part of this market, right? Yeah. The community connection, you know? It's super important to us. Yeah. Um, like it, and we, I mean, we live it. We, so we did a study recently. We, um, eight, 80% of the dollars that pass through the business stay in the state somehow. They circulate. And, and most of that's in Homer. That's like, awesome. Oh, wow. Um, you know, that's through payroll and sure. buying supplies right. and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So that whole community thing is, it's pretty deep for us. Yeah. So. And, it, you know, it's worth touching on this because I've had this conversation several times, but, you know, call it a million dollar boat. Everybody thinks that, man, Baywell's killing it. Uh, that's paychecks. You know, people are buying homes and groceries and, that yeah. money's going into the community. And, oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's something we're really proud of that what those boats uh, represent. Yeah, I am, and we're going to get it a little into the uh, some more of the details on that because I am really uh, excited about you guys' culture and what you guys have with your long term employees. And I imagine with a lot of this as an artistic outlet for guys that are building boats and you know graphing those things up and then going to town on it. Before we get to that, let's go ahead and. Um, Dive into some history. So I kind of had it written up, kind of go Eric and Brad, but after we got chatting when you guys first walked in, you guys have our elementary school friends. So we can go just history together. So let's kind of go back to some of that, where where you yeah. guys kind of came together and it started. Yeah, we go back a ways. It was, for us, it was actually high school, I think, when we first connected. Oh, it was high school. Um, okay. Yep. yep. Trying to, you know, <clears throat> stay out of trouble. And not get in too much trouble together. In Homer, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the good kind of trouble, you know. Sure. Out on sleds in the hills. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Try. I should say that differently. Try not to die. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The coming of age. <laughs> yeah. If if you die, your parents will find out you went and did it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we connected then, and um, and then we uh, we were both. Uh, through high school and after we were commercial fishermen i I grew up in a fishing family brad was working for a fishing fishing family and we grew up in prince william sound um working and playing in the summers you know and um on fishing boats so we kind of lived and breathed boats at least a good part of our year uh i grew up since i fishing since i was five years old on the on the boat with dad you know and ended up running my own commercial boats um and uh so yeah, we we had we shared a lot in common, um, kind of our our upbringing years. So. Yeah. So, uh, would you say that that contributed a lot to where you're at today? I mean, you mentioned earlier that uh, Dad started the business, family started the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so this is our fiftieth year. So um, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it uh, kind of crept up on us. We're all of a sudden. A year or so ago, we're like, I didn't oh, realize hey, next year's 50 years. I didn't realize it was 50 <laughs> years in doing my research. I was yeah. like, oh, it's been that long. Yeah, yeah. 1974, they pulled their first business license, and it was mom and pop, right? They, um, Dad had been to welding school. He was a young man, and that's how he was putting food on the table. He was using his skills, fixing whatever, you know, a little, yeah. little shop and a truck. And What was the business called then? Bay Welding Services. Bay Welding Services. Uh, yeah, so okay. Bay Welding Services is the official kind of corporate name. Okay. We we are branded as Bay Weld Boats. That that's our kind of our trademark now. Mm. Right. That's what everybody okay. knows us as, or shortened to Bay Weld. And there's this whole discussion right now going on about what we're going to market. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So folks started Bay Welding Services and um, spent quite a long time, you know, in the trenches, just just grinding it out. 
you know, working hard, no employees. I think he hired his first employee in like 15 or 20 years into the business, you know. Oh, wow. Well, maybe 15 years. Um, he was still fishing at the time, so it, was, it grew slow. Um, okay. But still, 50 years is 50 years, you know. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, man. Um, and, and it and takes a long that. Ways, you know, between then and now, not just not just building boats. I mean, Dad was doing a lot of hard work down in the harbor, working on steel crabbers. Oh, and man. Sure. Long time stuff before he, the boats came. Yeah, there was a foundation being laid there, like of a reputation, and, and the reputation was hard work, and the no job was, you know, couldn't be done, and um, just hustling, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I'm so thankful he did that, and we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of laid yeah. it all down. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. And um, built a reputation, especially in Homer, that he could, he could do anything and do yeah. it really well. And uh, kind of solving pretty much any problem pr people would bring to him, you know? And, yeah. And I and think a, that's a core part of what we've carried forward, you know? And it, a reputation for quality, that's something I, I still hear these tales of working with Eric's dad, you know, that... What's his name again? Standard. Alan. Alan, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, so we're obligated to carry that on. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah you are. That's right, yeah. man. You got to gotta live but up what, to the legacy. But what a great <laughs> obligation to have to carry, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. He, I wasn't With wired pride. quite as, like, driven for that quality as my dad was. But because it's there, it I have to, right? right. It pushes mm -hmm. me up there, and it's it's great. Um. So they, uh, so yeah, it's our 50 years there. My folks are re retired now. Um, they uh, retired out of the business in 2020. Um, and, uh, they live in down there still. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they we, we kind of keep asking if they're going to go, go somewhere else. Yeah. No, nope. They love it there. They're actually, uh, my folks live on my grandparents, my my grandpa's homestead. Oh, really? Like they came up and claimed in the fifties. Yeah. So they're yeah they're on the original land and built a new home and pretty tough to leave that. Yeah, and when you see it, it's real <laughs> tough to leave. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful place. Yeah. Imagine it's got a nice view. They're actually out in the Anchor River bottom. They my oh. my grandfather claimed a, like Happy Valley area. Uh, no, like halfway be? between Homer and Anchor Point. Okay. The North Fork River. Um, oh. It's where the North Fork and the Twitter Creek meet and it's like so it's a cool story. My yeah. um, my grandfather they he came up here from California when my dad was like I don't know 2 or something and um they were he kind of posted the family up in Anchorage and he knew he wanted to be down on the South Peninsula but he didn't know where and he came up here because of the homestead act, you know, he was yeah. going for the property. <clears throat> he uh he had a uh, was in the carpenters union, and he had a buddy that had a plane, so they jumped in the plane, they flew down the peninsula. And they flew over this one spot where the North Fork and the Twitter Creek merge, and it's in this valley of cottonwoods, and yeah. it's just gorgeous, oh yeah, you know? yeah. And he like he's like, hey, do a lap, and so they did a circle, and he's like, that's the spot, that's gonna be right it. there. Yeah. <laughs> Little did he know how hard it was to get there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right? oh, they, were, yeah. they were four or five miles off the road system, and punch um, a road in there, punch a road, yeah, the whole deal. But they did it and lived it, you know, lived that homestead lifestyle and. And then uh, my my parents and actually my aunt and uncle um, both live on that original piece of property. So it's cool. That's so Perfect. rad. And now you just adds to the story. There. Yeah, yeah. My kids hang there, go fishing on the river with grandpa, and yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah, you guys are like really rooted in there in that Homer. Yeah, uh, we, that peninsula life. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, so that's what 70, 70 years of history there. Yeah. So that's perfect. It just adds to what this really cool story is. So, um, so when, uh, you, your dad, you know, your dad's making this awesome reputation down there and then how does it progress forward? <clears throat> well, so in, uh, about 20 years ago when I, when I kind of came back into the company, I was living out of state and, um, kind of pursuing my own stuff at that point. Um, I was still pretty young, but I was in the electrical trades and, um, at that point where I'd gained enough skill and talent or, you know, experience that I was going to either start my own business or not and trying to decide what, what was I going to do, you know? And, uh, and at the same time, my folks were right at the point in, in Baywell boats that they, they'd built, I think about 40 boats by that point, and they were gaining quite a bit of momentum. They had maybe three or four employees. And um, it was just kind of apparent to all of us that they were going to need some additional help. Right. Or, you know, I shouldn't say help. It was they, they needed support, partners, support yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, to keep it going, you know, uh-huh. take it keep, take it beyond them. And they graciously offered me an opportunity to do that. Mm. Um I don't even know if I was, can't even remember if I was looking like yeah. I think that, you know, they did their parents thing. They kind of intuitively o- knew just over you know? biscuits and gravy one morning, just hanging I think, out. I think it was over the phone there. I was okay. in Arizona and they're like, Hey, you want to come back to work? And I'm like, I hadn't thought of that, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause I hadn't been very involved at that point. Um, kind of was one of the mindset. I was going to blaze my own way, you know? Sure. And, um, but yeah, just, I guess, uh, you know, it's fortuitous. It was, it was fate to, reconnect they were gracious enough to offer me an opportunity in Mm -hmm. i was maybe insightful enough to see that there was an opportunity there yeah and just decided you know what they've built this foundation that's like a 10-year head start for me over starting my own business right now maybe maybe 20-year head start yeah Yeah. jump into something that's established yep and i know family business can be tough but i'm gonna give Mm. this a go so jumped on in and uh since then um, there was a great dynamic of three personalities creating some balance in, in a mm. business, right? You know, my, my mom, my dad, and I are all very different, obviously. And yeah. uh, we both, we all realized we brought something different to the table. I was pretty willing to be a little risky. I was younger. I was pushing hard. I wanted to try things in the business. They were of the mindset that we should be pretty responsible and careful. <laughs> and sure. So, um, but it balances. Parents tend to be conservative. They tend to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so it balanced itself out and it just, you know, one step after another started to build a lot of momentum. And then along the way, there was other people that started to interact with it. You know, Brad being one of them, uh, yeah. a number of other people that became the core group of the growth. And, and again, it kind of points to the diversity. Everybody brought their piece to the table and it started to take shape. So Man, that's amazing. So you get, you get back, you jump in the business, you're in there four or five years and then Brad, you get a call from Eric or were you kind of, how did that happen? Well, yeah. What happened? <laughs> it, it was a little bit of a side hustle to be honest. Uh, okay. Yeah, so like we were, you know, we were fishing, uh, the same area for a while and uh i moved uh ended up offshore working on you know real big ships and vessels and okay w- you know while i was offshore uh started doing some boat design on the side i, I think you know out snow machine and one time eric was like hey i've got a project i need you to help me draw some stuff up okay and, um started off real simple you know just uh 
24, 26 foot skiffs. And, uh, yeah. And I, I think within a year or two, we were up in 50 foot vessels, but, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, honestly, right about that same time, uh, I started a family and okay. being gone, you know, mm. six, eight months of the year was pretty tough. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. At some point, we had a conversation and, uh, Eric offered, uh, full time back there in Homer and hard, wow. you know, hard, hard to turn it down. So. Absolutely. Definitely. That's great, man. And so, uh, I guess it just kind of happened in fate, like just timing, like is that everything right? Well, look, looking back, it, it seems that way, but when you're in the middle of it, you're like striving for good decisions, right? You're oh, like, sure. You're like, what do I do? What do we need to do right yeah. now to grow and to maintain and to sustain what we're doing and create opportunities but you never really know if they're the right choices. But then looking back, you're like, oh, man, that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course, Brad and I should do something together. It works so well. <laughs> but you don't know that when you're, start, when you're moving into it, you know. But and before that, it was just like snow machine trips in the truck, talking, just homie stuff. Yeah. Just buddies. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the, the mutual appreciation for Alaska mm. and, and Homer, I yeah not the easiest place to build boats right uh yeah at the end of the road and uh you know we want to live there i uh, want to raise families there and yeah this mutual appreciation for really trying to make something work and and do it right yeah, yeah. that's a good that's a good point it, it was it was homer that really kind of kept us rooted in trying to make those choices we wanted to live in homer and create but we both wanted a good business opportunity yeah and small market that's not always easy no it's definitely not and um but yeah it was it was trying to carve that out in the context of homer is what what the goal was you know mm -hmm. challenge was mm -hmm. and uh you successfully achieved that clearly achieving achieving <laughs> in the process of achieving <laughs> yes working on that uh so baywell boats um goes full-time into boats uh the, there's the welding shop and is it is that it now? Is it? Um, no, we still have a, a very, um, uh, it's a, it's, we call it our custom fab shop. Okay. Um, that has that element of the original um, welding shop where it's kind of just repair anything that walks in the door, okay. build, build whatever. That's about 10% mm. of our revenue still. Okay. Um, and about 10%. 10% of our workforce and everything. So, um, and then on top of that, we've developed like a service department that takes care of the boats once they're built for the lifetime of them. Just like the service department over Ford, you know, after you mm -hmm. buy it, you go in, you interact with the service department. So that's where we've developed that as well. And this is whole trailers, motors, everything. The whole works. Yep. Mechanics, the whole nine. Yep. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's limitations. So like we get digging into a motor that has a warranty issue. That's going to the okay, dealer. Okay. Yeah. Yamaha or whoever's taking care of we're that. We're facilitating yeah. that. We're, we're handling it for the customer. Right. Okay. Yep. Well, and with that growth, obviously building teams, front office, admin, you know, secretaries, sales. Now you got your back shop guys, uh, foreman's employee number. What do you guys have? We're we're at fifty. The big five oh, oh yeah. we're right there. Fifty on fifty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. I hadn't thought of that. That's pretty good. 50, the fifty on fifty crew, man. Yeah. Well, fifty people's a lot of people to manage. It's a lot of personalities. That's a lot of families their dynamics in the end of the day we can all agree here that a business and a successful one it's all about the people that that are behind it right absolutely and yeah. 50 people is a lot and uh clearly you're doing something right 
right? Like I was watching a video earlier, and it was like two-year-old welders. One was like, oh, I think I've been around for 26 years, and one said 19 or something like that. And I, I thought it right away. I'm like, okay, there's a business doing something right when you have retention yeah. like that. And so I imagine you guys have a culture where people want to work there. They want to be there, you know. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's there's a lot of layers to that, but really it's mm. it's that we care. It, it matters to us that, yeah. that, that they're well taken care of, that, you know, that there's space for life to happen, even though, you know, 40 hours a week, I, I want it to be the most important thing in their life. But that's just not the reality. There's other things going on, you know, mm-hmm. and so – we leave space for that while pushing for hard work and dedication. And so, yeah, I think, um, I think it's just kind of a mutually respectful place and yeah. that goes a long ways. So. Well, one thing that I think goes understated a lot about employees is they're Alaskan employees. These aren't just regular employees. These are Alaskan employees that like to fish, hunt, ski, vacation. Cause we all want to get the hell out of here in the wintertime and vacation. So, I mean, clearly you got to have a good balance where you got folks covering for for other folks so they can get out and enjoy their lives, right? Oh, yeah. That, that part's really important. September 1st rolls around. Oh, man. <laughs> crickets around the shop. It's pretty tough. You get all those orders filled and done. <laughs> we, we have team, like, staff meetings about staggering our hunt trips so that there's yeah. somebody in the office. That's kind of what I was getting at. I was like, what is your routine? Because uh, there's a lot of businesses that have a similar challenge. Yeah. Um, and you guys have deadlines and things to meet. Luckily, by the you time know? we hit fall, everybody's kind of switched gears from their boats. And if they, you know, okay. we can kind of put them on the shelf for a minute. So sure. it, it plays pretty well. One thing we do um, that's really kind of part of the, the culture is we uh, we shift to 410s in the summertime. So July, oh. August, September, we go to a 410 so that everybody has a planned three-day weekend. Okay. Because two days on a weekend, it's not enough to get mm-hmm. in the truck, go somewhere, set up a tent, yeah. catch a fish, and get back, right? You mm-hmm. need three. and so Or it's very stressful to squeeze it all in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we structure, kind of structure the summer months to play a little bit more outside. And then back in the winter, we go back to five days a week because in the winter, it's nice to be in the shop where the, it's bright, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's hard to be outside when it's dark all the time. So. And it's not by design. It, we're pretty lucky that the the Alaska season demand, you know, for boating, everybody wants to go out in the summer. So a mm-hmm. lot of our boats, you know, the construction happens in the winter, deliver, yeah. deliver in the spring, and then mm-hmm. everybody plays in the summer. Well, fall when hunting season rolls around, we can mm-hmm. get away with, you know, going out and having some fun before we dig back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Light duty. Yeah. Yeah. Usually all the boats are out and taken care of or worked out some kinks or yep. corks or whatever by then. Yeah. and. Luckily, all our clients hunt a lot too. So yeah. by then, they're like, you know, toss us the keys to their boat, and we're like, they're like, see ya, we'll see you in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Well, and one of the things going back to the the guys in the shop, because I imagine every piece of the fifty man roster, uh, everybody has a, a, a importance uh, as much as the rest. But coming from the shop world, the the lifeblood of a shop is your technicians. Is your is your Guys working on a car, working on a boat. Um, how did you build your boat building team? I mean, did it start with like one or two good welders and started there? I mean, did you guys recruit guys out of state? Are these all local t- talent? Um, like, let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, yeah, and I, uh, Eric stopped me if one, but I, I really can't say we can take much credit for it. Our, the, the leadership team that we have at Baywell, and there's a handful of individuals there that have been around for a long time, but 
they uh, they carry that you know there's a work ethic and expectation for quality. Uh, there's just a, a general culture there that uh, there's no way we could do it without it. And um, so you know when we bring new people in, um, they're we're looking for you know specifically some personality. You know they'll get along with everybody, a good work ethic. But it's these key this key group of people that we have at Bayweld that uh, help kind of cultivate and bring these people up into the right culture. And uh, yeah, well you know, said it percolates out into, you know, 50 people. It's uh, there's no way you can rely on just one or two uh, individuals. It's, it's a whole team that, you know, we all kind of have a pretty similar perspective on life and how to build boats. So. Yeah. It, it helps too that I think all of us are OCD. we're in good company yeah you want to make sure everything's light and nice and tight edges stitches look just right yeah first question in the interview (laughs) yeah (laughs) rate your level of ocd yes how ocd are you (laughs) no first one is do you make your bed in the morning because if you're really (laughs) ocd (laughs) you make that damn bed in the morning is what you do right right out of the gate i like shift the picture on the wall slightly crooked and just see if they pay attention (laughs) Uh, we got got some guys that cannot walk by a crooked picture (laughs) in the in the hallway perfect well to build our boats you guys got a nice pretty nice office set up right yeah it's pretty good we're, we're gonna add on this year we, we need some more space so as we built the business it's kind of gone in these cyclical stages where we build up production and then build up some administration and then build up production it's mm. kind of you kind of like teeter-totter back and forth so uh, we've been focused hard on the production element the last couple of years we overhauled kind of our workforce development plan brad led that effort um, gave it a lot of structure which has helped that core group organize themselves as they bring new people in mm. and do re- doing we just finished a company-wide review process that was really organized and structured and, but now it's time to add to our administration team uh, we got um time time to to put some more people in there and we need more space so yeah the office is going to two stories oh wow. man <laughs> just it's just building from boats to the building, most yeah, of the building. Well, yeah, I mean, funny story. The building um, started out at um, 5,000 square feet, and it's 35,000 now. Wow. <laughs> All add-ons. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. call them moron additions. We just keep adding moron. It, it, it looks moron. You need to build an 80-foot boat, so let's build another shop <laughs> next to that That's one. That's exactly how it happened. <laughs> no joke. A boat order happened. comes in, we're like, well, shit, now we have to build a shop to build the boat. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> That's a cool problem to have, though. Yeah. I mean, you got somebody that wants a boat like that. Well, that's allowed us to build it too out, out of pocket, so the business doesn't mm. doesn't have any debt, and that, I think Boy, thank huge. my parents for that too. That was they were committed to that. That yeah. was a that was a um, clear commitment they made years Hence ago. Hence that conservative approach. Yep. Yeah. Like, eh. Yeah. They uh, they were comfortable with some risk and some and some aggressive growth as long yeah. as we could pay for it. Yeah. And that's right. We, and we did along the way. So to that effect. We'd sign the contract first, and then we'd build the building. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Secure that work first. Yeah. So, so how much of that space is manufactured space, and how much of it is their admin? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you'd think 35000 sounds like a lot we're using every square foot. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. we actually we, we think about the, the value of a square foot and what we can do with it. Yeah. 
do we can we generate revenue with it or are we taking up space that won't make us any money so our administration space is oh man our offices are small a couple thousand square feet yeah. at the most yeah. uh, and all the rest of it's just plugged up full all shop time. storage Sweet. parts yeah. you name yeah, it yeah uh storage we're kind of bursting at the seams all the time and when we are we figure out a new solution reorganized we're just overhauling our inventory room right now added a whole nother tier in that so that we could have the space we need but we run uh yeah pretty tight on our space because that's valuable so, so you're i'm not joking like the doors like build a boat and we've got got like three inches to squeeze them out and oh i bet i mean this coming year we're we're cutting the door wider to make the next boat fit. So, yeah. Wow. Sold a boat that's foot wider than the current door we have. <laughs> All right. How wide is that? <laughs> 26 and a half. Ooh, man. Yeah. That's a monster. That's a big Saner we were talking about earlier? Yeah. No, this is another uh, one of the big catamarans. It's okay. coming after the Saner. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How long is it going to be? Uh, 80. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> damn. The world traveler boat right there. Monstrosities, yeah. man. No. No. Well, we'll uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get back into some of these details and... Uh, We'll grab a fresh beverage here. All right, yeah. Barney's Sports Chalet, supplying hunters and outdoor enthusiasts with the highest quality gear and equipment since they opened their doors in 1963. Barney's carries exclusive brands such as Alpaca Rafts, Sitka Sims, XO Mountain Gear, Hilleberg, and much more. Barney's prides themselves with keeping a huge stock on hand of various top-of-the-line tents, footwear, sleeping bags, optics, cross-country skis, just to name a few. Barney's is also the exclusive retailer of Montana Knives, Seek Outside, Kafaru, Stone Glacier, and their in-house brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska. Barney's has a superior selection of top-rated boots, sleeping bags, dry bags, mountaineering gear, electronics, and accessories. Need freeze-dried food or mountain snacks? They got that too. Barney's now has an amazing new paperback catalog available for in-store pickup or online order. Visit them today at barneysports.com or even better, stop by the store in Anchorage at 906 West Northern Lights. If you want the best, there's only one name in the game, Barney's Sports Chalet. Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage for 47 years, has expanded three stores. The main store, the largest Skidoo sled dealer in North America, also has Can-Am, Sea-Doo, Climb, Suzuki Outboards, Honda Outboards, Generators and Snowboards, Kingfisher Boats, and so much more. Alaska Motorsports and Equipment just next door, which was previously Anchorage Suzuki Arctic Cat. For all your Arctic Cat, Suzuki ATV, Husqvarna, Generac, Mahindra Tractor, and now Argo Pro and Sasquatch needs. And to round it out, also next door, the brand new Alaska Mining Superstore, for the largest selection of recreational and light commercial mining equipment anywhere, period. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. When you pull up to the Treehouse, you'll notice the beautifully hand-drawn art by Alaska's own Ted Kim. Once you get inside, you're gonna see many of the same people that have been there since they opened. The bud tenders know you and what you like and what new product you should be checking out. The store is super clean and the music's always on point. The Treehouse and local owner Josh Boots is a staple in the cannabis culture through his music, community givebacks, and a lifetime desire to bring the people of Alaska the best products available. 
The Treehouse always has at least 25 strains available, and they're all shown prominently deli style in clear, openable jars so you can see and smell your options. Other products include edibles, concentrates, vape carts, pre-rolls, flour, dab rigs, and anything else you need, they got it. They also have some pretty sick merchandise for sale. Check out thetreehouseak.com, or better yet, stop by the Treehouse today and get started on their loyalty program. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. All right, we're back. Yeah, I love that idea of um, in all, in your manufactured space, like everything's being used all the time. That I feel like mm. when you're making, when you're manufacturing, a little bit of experience in this. Uh, I mean, to do that, it's very hard because there's like this shuffle, constant shuffle, and you don't want to like touch things twice. But sometimes you have to restack a whole room to make it work. Yeah. But then you're utilizing all your space. As uh, <clears throat> I mean. So my dad brought a lot of really positive things to the business, but one kind of negative thing he brought was the homesteader mentality. Oh yeah, keep everything. You might need oh, that someday. Yeah, well, totally. totally. <laughs> and yeah. so I've spent the last fifteen years throwing stuff away when he wasn't looking. Because <laughs> uh, I, I I have a you know strong feeling that if you if you've touched something or moved it three times, you don't need it. Yeah, it's not oh, worth having. Man, so true. And so get that thing out of the space and make room for something that you're going to use. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really tough to, um, when you're talking about the family mix and dynamic of like the drives all there, but yeah, you don't want to look at that. Those barrels back there. <clears throat> They've been back there for five years. Like those need to go. <laughs> it's been, it's been tough though. Cause like I, I grew up in that. Like I get it. And I'm, oh, yeah. I got a bit of that wire hardwired into me. Like, sure. Oh, yeah, I, I can figure out how to use that and make something useful out of it someday. I can fix a problem with that thing. I'll put it over here. I'll remember where that's at. Yeah. Never going to, yeah. You, know, you, you forget. lose it. You got, Someone like, else moves it. Yep. And then it's not valuable anymore. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to let go of those things, you know? I feel you, man. <laughs> so, on, on that same line of thinking, like, is your whole shop set up like a production assembly line to utilize all your space so you don't move question. things twice? Um, we do that in areas where it makes sense. And so we, we have kind of a methodology about that. And we think the same way about technology. We use it, in, we use our space and our technological um, advancements in ways that make us more productive not just to do them because we think we should or something, you yeah. know? Um, so we have a bit of a kind of an assembly line approach in one of our shops, uh, like where the small, the rec boats go through the recreational stuff. So that's probably our closest thing to an assembly line. They start at one end of that space as just aluminum sheets and they leave the other end of that shop as a finished boat. Okay. And they go through like three stages on the way. That's the closest we've gotten. And we built carts so we can move them from one stage. Yeah. To oh, next. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but, the bone ain't moving. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, um, but it's still, it's a very, um, creative space overall. It's, it's, um, and, ad and it adapts. Like, depending on what boats we sell, we might change their space use a little bit just for that boat. So it's very adaptive. Yeah. And if you're building, say, two vessels to, at the same time, um, is it like 
you're doing the stages at the same time like okay we're 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 doing electronics and now we're doing interior is it it's more of a <coughs> leapfrog approach okay we, yeah we, okay. We'll, go, we'll do this stage over here that you know they kind of bounce beyond each other and then catch back up it's there's definitely some efficiency in the concept of doing things at the same time, it just doesn't ever seem to work that way for it, us. It's usually the second boat is where you benefit because, like, so this isn't a, a production run. This, as we're building the boat, we're figuring and planning stuff out. So yeah, that, that first it's boat, handcrafted. First mm-hmm. boat, you know, figure it out, get it all set up, and then you know we'll repeat in the second one, following behind. Like, oh, we could do this a lot more efficient, or we can do this a little bit different. You know, what we try to focus on is <clears throat> what decisions are we making that we don't have to make again. Not necessarily mm. what action are we taking that we don't have to take again. Because our action tends to be a little different on each boat because it's unique to that customer and what they've chosen. Yeah, and the design plot. and Yep. yep. Um, but mixed into that, there's consistency of decision-making. Like, we, we're going to wire this thing the same way every time that we do it. Mm-hmm. But we might do it in a different order of events based on the context of the whole boats, or the whole boat, right? So yeah, we really we think about our primary efficiency is in not having to rethink and re-decide things. So, and yeah, the, there's a domino effect. And, uh, you got guys that are waiting on decisions. That's really a big choke point in, the, in our process. Sure. So, uh, the faster you can move through and stay ahead of people, the, the better the better the product is and the time use. Yeah, because in the end, um, <clears throat> they got tools and welders and and resources in their hands. They're ready to go. They're waiting Just on give a, us the next order. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And that's probably a huge challenge and uh, a, a piece of a unique talent for your foreman, right? Because a foreman has to orchestrate flow in a shop. And I'm sure you got, you know, guys waiting for an answer yesterday. Yep. And he's got to work with leadership. And and it's got to, it goes all the way back <laughs> to the interaction with the customer. You got to make sure that sure. the decisions you're making are, you know, consistent with what the customer wants and what the budget is and and then if it's not, you got to go find new parts and pieces and pitch the whole thing to the customer. Like, it's a whole thing, you know? Yeah. So do those decisions that you don't have to remake, are they ending up in, like, a procedure? How's everyone know? Mm. Hey, we had that d- conversation at dinner tonight. Do with you our have crew. SOPs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have the book of knowledge. Oh, nice. There we go. <laughs> uh, the unwritten one. <laughs> no, it's written. Oh, oh. Uh, like oh. a couple years ago, we decided we were having all these decisions oh, okay. that were floating around out there and we we're having to like remember, right? And yeah. so <laughs> we finally tasked somebody with, okay, when we're in a meeting and write we make a decision down, and man. we identify <laughs> it, it's your job to write it down and put it in that book over there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and it is. It's a, it's a back book of SOPs. But the, okay. what, what's wild is in our world, those change all the time. And oh, yeah. Find better ways to do it or more creative ways to do it. And so it's, uh, it goes in this book and it's, uh, I mean, it's everything. <laughs> <laughs> we were beating up a couple of our managers tonight at dinner about not referring to the book of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> is there all these strikeouts in it? And then another hand. Yeah. Revision. Yeah. Revisions. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah, by yeah. hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. It's yeah. awesome. So you, you had, um, you had mentioned earlier, we were talking about 95 was the first boat ever built. I think it was 94 actually. 90, 90, 94. 94. Yeah. So 30 years ago, right at 30 years. Okay. And the SOPs weren't around. <laughs> they weren't around then. <clears throat> they were on the napkin napkin boats. Yeah, what do you call those ones? 
Yeah, the napkin boats. Yeah, no, we were just talking about it. we have paper files in our, um, on all every boat we've ever built. Mm-hmm. We have a, pa- a paper file um, organized, I'd say, pretty well in the office. And uh, got to build another shop just to store for all the, the files. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's fun to go back in our early early boats when it was you know it was it was my dad's deal back then. He was contracting them and dealing with the customers, and like the contracts were like half a page <laughs> you know <laughs> seven details <laughs> um and the we're gonna build a boat you sign here to agree to building boat okay that that's works pretty much and come in about every other day and think no let's change this and do that and <laughs> it's pretty much a true story but um the boats are also super simple um mm. they've, they've gained a tremendous amount of complexity over time it's customer driven it's you know it's the evolution of life in general look at automobiles now compared to what they were 30 years ago right yeah very true uh, it's a huge progression of technology integration in, into everything we're no different and so that creates the need for sops <laughs> right it, yeah. yeah totally um, but it's the it also was a really short line between decision making and action back in then it was like you know two people involved in that and now there's like yeah 20 and everything you know sure so well and i imagine when miscalculations or missteps are made, it can get expensive. Yeah. So it's it's a bigger margin for error now. Um, so Absolutely. you might as well yeah. measure that 15 times and cut once. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you don't want to step on your, you know what, uh, too much and cost too much money. Yep. Absolutely. The process. And, and the, the chance for that is very high. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys, you know, you're cruising sync for the most part. I mean, I'm sure you have your, your moments, but like, hold on, but let's make sure this is right before we move forward. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like there's, <laughs> um, a majority of the time that's the case. They know when to stop, when to say, okay, we need more information right here. Okay. Um, and I think the bottleneck actually these days is us getting them the information. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and the, the price is much different than it was, you know, mm. 10 years ago even. Uh, right. And the, the customer's interaction is very important because there's there's decisions, you know, that whether they're unforeseen or you know, just need to get them to ring in. We need to stop checking yeah. with the customer, make sure we're all on the same page. And there, there's cost implications before we can move forward. Well, and then there's also an emotional part to when you get a customer really involved in, a, in the process, right? Oh, yeah. Because a lot of their decision up front was an emotional decision. To, to even think about buying a boat and going through the process, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're you're also got to manage. You're trying to keep the, <laughs> keep that connected without it affecting the flow, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. there's a guy down there ready to, to weld this thing. You need an answer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. Um, so one thing that's really cool about your boats, I, I like the uh, law enforcement angle that you guys got. I, I kind of feel like maybe you guys have the uh, the corner, cornered the market on that. Um, you guys built the first ever state trooper boat in Alaska. Is that correct? Well, not the very first boat that the troopers okay. had, but um, the, I think we built the first boat they'd had built in state. Th- that was, that, I guess, yeah, I, okay. Okay. I probably didn't Maybe ask I, it that yeah. great, but that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, 20, <clears throat> 22 years ago, I think, was the first one, or 21 years ago. 2003? Um, 2003 yeah. was the first? I think so, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. So that's yeah, 21 years ago. And I, I've seen quite a few of the, the trooper and um, 
uh, federal wildlife boats mm-hmm. and you guys uh, build those too. Um, is that kind of a common design, like that initial tw- 2003 boat? It, would you say a lot of them were yeah. kind of built off that? It's it's our recreational boat pl- oh. uh, kind of platform. Okay. Adapted for, um, you know, patrol um, management use. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, that's no different than anything we do though. We, we have very common threads in our, in our hull designs and some of the, we, we try to make a recognizable look and then adapt mm-hmm. it to its use. And that's, that's common through every market sector um, <clears throat> for sure. And, and we, we cross learn, like we'll learn a bunch of things in the commercial fishing boat industry, you know, what we build there and how they use it, how to make things really strong. We'll apply that to recreational boats and patrol boats. Then we learn things in the patrol boats that matter to them that we can apply to the recreational mm-hmm. people. Right. There, mm-hmm. There's something to be learned from all of it. And then it's just figuring out where to apply it appropriately. Um, but yeah, those, the patrol boats, um, we've done well with those. Um, it's a smart choice on the state's part to build local. Yeah. And, and oh, it, it, matter, yeah. it matters to them. And we know it matters and we treat, mm-hmm. we treat them like any other customer. I think a lot of times there's a conception, a misconception in government contracting that we run the price vendors run the price up, right? Mm. Margins are the same. Identically the same for for the state of Alaska as they are for recreational. Yeah, they're yeah. just the customer signing the check. And in, in a lot of ways, they're a preferred customer. They they know what they want. They put it on paper. Yeah. And they come pick the boat up when it's done. Right. It's, they're a great customer. Um, so we've done well building for them. We've been working with them through a number of different administrations. Yeah. We have to be competitive. It's a competitive bid process. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We have to win those. Yep. Okay. Uh, we uh, do on get an annual basis? Every bid. Every okay. Product, every, oh, bid. every Okay. Just yep. every time they want a, a new vessel. Yep. They put that out on the on public marketplace, and we got to be competitive. We get an advantage over um, West Coast competitors. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. The state of Alaska gives preference to Alaska bidders, not Bay Well. They give preference to all Alaska bidders. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's a great relationship. And then it's been similar with the – some of the federal boats we've done for the Forest Service, yeah, same competitive process. In that case, we're bidding against the entire country. Um, mm. We get a little preference there, not because well, we get preference there because we're here and we don't have to ship the boat here. Like right. that, yeah, that's just the natural yeah. advantage there. Sure. Um, and all those agencies, when we are successful winning to bid their or to build their boats. Um, they're happy because then they have local support, yeah. which mm-hmm. really matters to the end users. Like they care a lot about that. They just aren't always in the position to influence it yeah. Yeah. completely. Right? right. But when we win, they're really happy. And sure. we have a great relationship with all those agencies. So. And the, the Alaskans that walk by and see that the troopers boat or whatever was built here in Alaska, we're proud that the, you know, the Alaskan government's making a good decision that we have quality manufacturer that can do that here. I mean, it, it, it goes further than just, you know, Bayweld and the government. You know, it's all of us feel proud Everybody's about proud it. of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, every time I, we, you know, you come into Whittier and there is a, a, a fish and wildlife boat and not the trooper boat, it's a fish and wildlife There's boat that's there. There's a trooper one too. I There's the trooper one yeah. there. I, it, there is like a sense of pride right there. Like they used an Alaskan to build, Yeah. you know, what is a resource for Alaska. Yep. And covering our rear ends, man. No, it's really cool. And and so 2003, you guys built one. How many boats have you built for law enforcement over the years? I think at least a dozen. Okay. 
Yeah. And we got another one on the books right now for next year. So yeah, yeah it's And this is all over the state as well? We've got boats for them from southeast to well, I don't think we have one in Dutch, but um Kodiak, Bristol Bay. Mm. We got a uh Department of Fish and Game has a couple of our boats too. We got one up in Nome. Um, yeah, we all got them all over the place. Yeah, that's incredible, man. They probably love when you guys win that bid, and they know what they're getting. They do, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, and their operators they're, they're as proud to drive a bay weld as your common recreational user. Yeah. it's a it's a thing, you know. It's cool yeah. to get to drive drive those boats, and um, and there's a relationship too, you know. They're we're all Alaskans up here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, huge. the boat rolls off our floor and give them the keys. I, I mean, we, we're dealing with them for years to come, you know, there's yeah. uh, upgrades and changes and, you know, it's a lot to be said when, you know, we're just right down the road to help them out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, in, in regard to like the design and manufacturing process. So Brad, where, where do you come in line? Like you probably have a, rep that's going to sell a boat to a customer right or is it you're looking at him okay you're, it. your sales <laughs> yeah i'm okay yeah no i uh, i mean it's a group effort for yeah. sure yeah but um i handle all the sales um so you take that initial call mm-hmm. and filter all the emails sure I, a good screening process in our office for, <laughs> <laughs> for phone calls because I can't answer the phone very often. But, right. But, yeah, no, the sales is coming. It's all direct through our office. Yeah, there's no dealer structure. No, it's, it's all right to, right to us. So you kind of work with the customer, and now you're at the point where, okay, we're, we're serious now. Mm-hmm. We're, this guy wants or gal or entity wants a boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, when you kind of get into the mix – on that is that just when it start pen to paper it, it's usually pretty early on uh, okay and you know the, the the core of it is that it's a it's a fully custom product and that's why mm-hmm. people are coming to us and knocking on our door so yeah uh, you know the the interaction of kind of figuring out what they want uh very quickly translated in, into some sort of design to to get this on paper so that yeah. there's something to to start a conversation about. Yeah, yeah. What's the recreational activity first? Okay, we got you know state trooper. This is what we're doing. Or yep. uh, oil spill response. Um, yeah, where are you tra- going? Transport. What you doing yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with like what what is your purpose? Yeah, how are you going to use it? Yeah, you know, what features? What do you like? So. Okay, and um, you guys pretty much are in tandem in that process. And then now we got drawings, material, motors, everything gets figured out. Now it goes to the floor. And is that kind of like now passed on to the foreman? Yeah. So that's our, our contracting process. So okay. Brad and I are really fluid and the, you know, design and contracting are closely connected. So, okay. he, you know, we got to put something, a picture together that represents yeah. the words yeah. that are reflected in the dollars. Like, so yeah. that there's a lot going on there. Um, and we, so we recently brought on an, uh, an engineer too, naval architect. So we got wow. an in-house um, legit engineering. That's awesome uh, presence <laughs> now. Wow. Uh, we have a draftsman. So there's a there's we've been building this design team under yeah. Brad's leadership. Okay. Um, so they you know they they have to be careful. They pick and choose how far to go to just create a an image. 
Because yeah. the image is what sells, right? It's like yeah. somebody can identify like, hey, yeah, that's the boat I was yeah. after. Yeah. Way better than they can when I write a bunch of words on a piece of paper and give it to them. Like, hey, here's your boat. You yeah. Know? Or the napkin <laughs> picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there were, there's definitely a strong relationship there. We, we do all that, and then it goes out. To, we get the commitment from the customer, get their money, and yep. then it goes to production. Sure. Yeah. And um, I hope there's not an out-of-line question. What's like a deposit? Is there a percentage of the boat? You kind of, you kind of, I guess, uh, budget for what the boat's going to go for or cost to build, and then there's like yeah. a percentage down or something. Yep, that's pretty standard for us. At least it's always kind of a standard starting point. Yes, yeah. there's other circumstances at play, but it's usually thirty five percent down when they commit to their boat, and it's a firm fixed price contract at that point. Okay, price doesn't move. They're going to pay that price for that boat you honor that bid unless they change something okay yep. and yeah. then oh sorry guys oh no worries yeah um, but this thing keeps disconnecting on me so there we go and then All it's right. progress payments after that just money follows our our um production yeah. at that point so okay if we're, if we're not getting the boat done we don't get paid right yeah um there's an important piece in there though i'd like to say is that um when people do business with us their money builds their boat and that's not the case of a lot of boat builders in the in the uh, archives of history. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of that whole can become that Rob Peter to pay Paul approach, right. you know? Yeah. It's been a lot of people's experience, and that's not how we do business. We we, we uh, are real careful about that. It means a lot to us. Yeah. So. It, it's it's almost a partnership, and it's a, it's a really good relationship, too. People yeah, understand Yeah, I was just about to say happening. it's like a partnership from that initial conversation. Yeah. When you've anchored their trust in what you can provide them for their need, yep. now it's like a handshake that just is now a relationship building and as, as the belt, boat's built, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, they get a deposit and you can tell them, all right, well, we just went and bought all the aluminum. And uh, yeah. and then they can walk in in the shop floor, they see it show, show up. And yeah, it's, uh, it's great. And that, that relationship, you know, it starts right from the beginning. Yeah. It's incredible, man. That it's cool that you guys have the ability from day one to connect with the customer that ordered a boat, maybe versus a, a, a massive or larger corporate manufacturer style. That's a general um, trend shift in manufacturing, though. Okay. To connect the, I think we can thank COVID for this. COVID yeah. made people want to connect with their maker you know the, the mm -hmm. maker of the thing they were buying whatever sure. that thing was yeah so it's driven manufacturing to factory direct well we were already that and so yeah yeah, yeah. that's kind of the space we were already in but that you see that i mean you go buy a new pickup truck you you want to you know ford chevy dodge whatever you go onto their website and place your order Mm -hmm. factory direct and now it comes through your local dealerships there's still some connection locally but yeah. people t tend to want to want to be connected that way and so absolutely we, again i can thank my folks for that we, <laughs> that's just how we started yeah, yeah just establish that foundation yeah. it, it's cool also that the manufacturer actually knows the person you know that that's like a it's different you know having yeah. that Cause you can, you'll see. I'm sure you'll see a boat that you guys built, and you'll know you put a face right away. And there's a little story. Yeah, absolutely, connection it, to every single a, one. It's a really, you know, intimate. I, a dozen boats a year, 
volume's not real huge, and so sure, the, uh, that's a boat a month. So the focus is like it's intense. Not every yeah. month, but you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it, it has its time to shine, and then it, it, but over a whole year, I mean, you get to know these people and their yeah. family and their friends and their stories, yeah. and you know, you talk yeah. about holidays and yeah. And yeah. then they keep coming back. I mean, that's not that's just the beginning, right? right? Yeah, yeah. The, then through our service department, and 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 then you know, life changes, and they got to sell that boat or whatever. We help them with that. Like there, there's a lot mm. going. We're with these people for a long time, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. That's cool. Because you can always. I mean, you probably have a lot of folks maybe that are. The idea of building the boat might be a little daunting, and more than what they're willing to do, but. Hey, call me if someone's got one for sale. Absolutely. That's, yeah. you know, maybe fits my needs and, yep. but they're not that particular about it. Yep. You know? Yeah. The, yep. The, the, the gateway boat. The gateway yeah. boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I have to imagine these things hold their value uh, from, from manufacturing release to. They do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, boats are going up in value right now, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, aluminum and aluminum boats in general hold their value well. Yeah. Compared to fiberglass, it's just the nature of. Always the way what, it's been, right? The way it's been, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but our brand holds its value especially well. Um, lim- That's actually lim- the way limited, it should have been said. Limited yeah. issue. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> There's not that many around. There's only a couple of, a year that maybe are available to even consider owning right beyond what we're building um you might see one on marketplace like once in a blue moon yep. and uh and usually there's a good reason something changed in their life you know oh, sure yeah but um yeah no it, it's it's helped the value stay high um and uh we like that i mean it's it's great for business obviously but it's good it's great for the customers that that they can have a an, an asset that is going to hold its value. Absolutely. I mean, like, who knew a boat was a good spot to put money? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pre or right before COVID, I mean. <laughs> yeah, then it was. Yeah. Oh, man. I know it's funny about like an aluminum boat. It's like to break out another thousand thing. It's like, yeah, I don't care if you have a 21 foot jet boat, you're still probably spending $1,000 a year on whatever the hell on storage, tires, bearings, maintenance, oh, yeah. just stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but what you, what you got to realize is it's actually not just a money hole, money pit. It's continuing to, to you know, hold its fire yeah, or, or yeah, appreciate. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, which hasn't you know, always been that way. But I, I think it's again specific to aluminum boats in particular that they've appreciated quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the demand um, in in my brief experience, um, I'll, I'll back up to a little story. Um, one. You know, midweek afternoon, I'm flying back from Kenai, and I picked up a, a South or Northwest Boater or magazine or something at the at the uh, cars or whatever, and it, it, it was this guy's article about the future and potential growth and what's coming in the offshore aluminum boat hmm. uh, market. So it was like the North Rivers and the and the Hughes Crafts and the uh, you know uh, Harbor Craft. They're building jet boats and they're building skiffs and lake boats, but but they're all starting to transition into this big saltwater offshore mm-hmm. kind of um, you know transformation of their of their boating you know building, and uh, th- the guy was a hundred percent right. I mean, all of a sudden it wasn't just like Hughescraft salt boats you saw. It. Then now you saw 
the Kingfishers and Harbourcrafts and North River got in the game, then Raider, uh, Raider and uh, I, I, I'm leaving a bunch of them Little out. Ridge, but yeah. yeah, like it, it transitioned from like Snake River, Northwest, you know, building jet boats to like these, let's get in a salt boat. And, and uh, I found that amazing that his projection was right. But what I learned over time, uh, the demand in terms of aluminum offshore boats in Alaska was unique way different than uh, maybe a, a Northwest yeah. boat or somewhere. You need a, a, a big boat that can take harsh, big water, has lots of horsepower, and lots of fuel capacity. Mm -hmm. A lot of boats built, say, pre-2000... I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm probably not 100% accurate on this. I'd say pre-2000, you got you know boats with two smaller tanks. Yeah, you can get to... <clears throat> Not island. That's as far as yep. you can go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. You got to bring a bunch of extra fuel. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're making them just highway legal where we want them two feet wider and, you know. We want everything you can get through the tunnel. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And so. <laughs> yes. And hardly anyone's doing that, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And and that's where, you know, you get a 22-foot this, that, and the other, and it's got a 65-gallon tank. Well, that's solid for weekend worrying around the bay. But if I'm trying to go 80 miles off and back in, yeah, you know, and, and I'm sure that's where you guys, one of the many reasons where you guys stand apart in terms of your boat design and building is clearly you guys know range is a huge oh, yeah. factor to a good offshore boat. and Yeah, and it's, you know, a lot of the stuff you mentioned, it even came into focus for us in the last 15 years. And it's driven, oh. it's driven by Prince William Sound. Yeah. Now, Prince William Sound, like, exploded about about 15 years ago. Yeah. That's when it started kind of being discovered by the Anchorage crowd. And, you know, I mean, well, I remember riding the train through the tunnel. Yeah, sure. So, Same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this isn't that old of a story, you know, yeah. where this is open and access to everybody. Yep. Um, and uh, it's driven how even we've thought about a boat. Like, I, I remember conversations about, okay, we got to understand this use of the boats in Prince William Sound now. Um, and we gotta we gotta plan for it, and design for it, and and so that's not that old of a conversation. Um, yeah. And but I think we, we're getting her dialed in. Yeah, you know? for sure. Absolutely. Um, but uh, and I think you know we're close enough to that we could pay attention. We knew the area and we could respond pretty quickly. I think mm. other manufacturers obviously are just not as connected to the Whittier tunnel boat design. You right. Know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So right. Uh, it we, it made sense to us. We understood it and we and we did it. Um, it, it was part of what we were already doing. I, a lot of it was driven by customer needs. Yep. You know, people coming in and this is what I want to use this boat for. Mm -hmm. It's an easy yes from us. So. Right. I need a hundred more gallons of fuel in this yeah. boat. <laughs> yeah. And a, a normal manufacturer is like, uh, we, we have to design a whole new model for that. Yeah. And we're like, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Where do you want it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's built to order here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it, I didn't realize it until I started recreating with a friend that bought a, his first salt boat and, you know, it was a, thunder jet and then gas guzzle and you know 6-0 and that thing was horrendous and then he gets a salt boat still had a really good tank and at 85 gallons in a 22 foot boat was actually pretty solid mm -hmm. um but then it was as, as he's thinking about upgrading and we're, now we're geeking out and looking at all the different you know raiders and north rivers all the different boats that are out there for sale like a lot of them have too small of a fuel tank yeah yeah I'm like what the hell is going on here yeah. they just weren't built for alaska specific 
Well, That's why. And there's, I mean, it's, it's actually a little more than that. There's a whole oh. bunch of things about how those boats are designed and built that precludes, it makes it difficult to get a bigger fuel tank. And it's like it perform, performance-wise or, uh, or it, just... Uh, it's the height of the decks. So self-bailing oh, decks, right? Yeah. Gotcha. It, it, that is a driving factor and what goes on in a whole in a whole boat design. It's like, where's the foundation? You know, well, if that mm. deck isn't high enough, you can't get a bigger tank under that deck. It doesn't, right. it doesn't matter how, how bad you want it. It ain't yep. fitting. Yeah, very true. Um, and then the decision making about where that deck goes and relevant to the water line—that's a whole other conversation. Like we, and again, we come from the commercial world where we're like, we want freeboard, we want that deck above the water. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we can deck load that thing, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just a different way of thinking about boats. But. Yeah, that is the biggest problem with my boat. Hundred percent. The fuel tank's big enough, but the the water line is not right, and I I, I can't be a self bailer when I'm yep. not on the boat. Yeah, like those things get plugged. Yeah, so it's Mo- most boats are that way. Most production manufactured aluminum boats. That's and and the reason is they all almost all of them came from fresh. It, it, yeah, it was a freshwater boat. Mo- Okay. Modified and adapted. Nothing wrong with that. That's right. just the evolution. That's what yeah. happened, right? They, yeah. they modified their well, that, that, river boat to yeah. be a, a salt boat. Right. Yes. That maturate, maturation process of what I just mentioned earlier in that article was like, these guys are building a saltwater offshore boat, yeah. but off of a... It was a river. Not boat. a big water. It was a, sled, it was a big sled. Yeah. yeah. And it has its place. And, and, it's, yeah. and it's it's cost effective to manufacture. So I'm, mm. a, I'm a part owner in Raider Boats. I learned a ton about the manufacturing, the boat manufacturing business through that company. And it's it's got its place. You know, that's how you cost control. That's how you build a price point boat. And it's still, a, those are great built boats. Yeah. A lot of those manufactured boats, there's nothing wrong with them whatsoever. But they are, the foundation is different, right? Yeah. Than, yeah. than what we're doing. Yeah. The new Raiders are much more solid than the old Raiders. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's let's dive into that a little bit. So, Baywell bought into Raider. Uh, I did. So, oh. so there's not actually any business affiliation oh. uh, officially between okay. Baywell and Raider. There's there's brand recognition. So I I hold a piece of Raider and um, ownership and and all of Baywell. So naturally, there's an influence there. Um, there's um, my partners are doing a great job. I don't actually do a lot with the company, okay, other than have a little in influence. And but, um, but the, but there's some great reciprocation. Oh, I mean, yeah. over the years, there's the the relationships there, and uh, learned a lot both ways. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and, and the whole strategy. I mean, it's 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 simple, and it's it's not secret. The strategy was not everybody's going to own a Baywell, but like I told you before, mm-hmm. people are going to own. Two to two to five boats in their lifetime, yeah. fresh or salt or both. Yeah, Baywell wants to be one, maybe two of them. Mm-hmm. Probably their last one. And um, uh, we want to have a pathway to a relationship with people with their first, second, third boat. Yeah, right. And so this was a natural one, and it becomes apparent. A lot of people talk to us, and they can't afford one of our products right now. That's okay. They might be able to afford that a little later. Things in life change. We want to have something to point them towards and say, "Here's a good boat that you can get for now. Learn what you want, enjoy it, take, get, you know, gather your takeaway thoughts. Come see us in a few years. We'll we'll build you something else." So, well, doesn't that give them the opportunity to get into it enough to decide, like, well, maybe I don't want to go that far. Yeah, with oh, it. yeah. Because mm-hmm. you could have all the money in the world and go, "Okay, I want this big badass boat," and then 
oh, this shit, this is way too much boat for me. Absolutely. Well, I, like that's I, a really good point. And yeah. when we'd love to say like, yeah, let's build a, a full custom boat. That sounds great. Um, that is a very challenging task uh, for people that really haven't been into bo- around mm-hmm. boats their whole mm-hmm. life. And uh, you can tell people that have owned a couple boats. They've they've seen a few things. They've tried things out. They understand what they want, how they want to use the boat, even layout function. Uh, some people really like real simple layouts. They like a real slim down functional boat. Some people like all the bells and whistles. Well, when those people come to us, it's a lot easier process and a lot yeah. easier to kind of get them to the boat that they want. So, Yeah, because like all that glitz and glory of building the boat is, is awesome, right? But then like it's a son of a bitch to just launch a boat. It's a <laughs> yeah. son of a bitch to put a boat back on a trailer. There's so many things that go into like the boating yeah. part trailering it and putting it in your driveway you yep. knowing how to jack it up and keep it there you know figuring out how to get it out of your driveway when it freezes to the ground i mean there's so many things that you park parking a boat it's oh, just parking yeah. a boat oh man i mean he has been to the whittier <laughs> yeah. launch a few times on a sunday afternoon at 4 30 haven't you That's the best entertainment there is oh, man. oh my gosh man you can feel <laughs> the tension of that goddamn place it's so thick you could cut it with a knife man oh, yeah. i mean you you get down there you just you see all these you know there's egos and there's frustration and then there's you know the one guy wants to teach his wife how to launch the boat and it's like not the right time guy like <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm surprised there's not more heart attacks i know oh more damage man. right like i can't believe there's not more damage for sure yeah but. Yeah, it eventually just all kind of washes and gets out of there. But um, or someone that knows what they're doing just takes over that. Yeah, strip, yeah. you know. Oh man. Well, and that's kind of the whole point is like people should experience that for the first time. Yeah. With a boat that costs a hundred thousand dollars, not eight hundred thousand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, or maybe isn't as big and, and yeah, freeboard and yeah, and yeah. you know I feel like before you 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 dive into something is. Um, uh, you know, uh, top tier of, of boating as as what Baywell is, um, you probably want to put a dent in a scratch and in a little bit lesser expensive yeah. boat that may not hurt your feelings as bad. And it's the handling piece. Our boats, generally speaking, are heavier, big, bigger, and heavier, mm-hmm. more windage, all, all the stuff, right? So there's there's some skill needed or yeah. required, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> there's also more tools available than ever and so yeah there's a there's a definitely a, a blend there but it's it's all about people's comfort level and help helping them understand that make the right choices and kind of get them there whether that's a bay weld or not like yeah you know we we got we got plenty of business we you know we're, we're in this for the the long haul and we mm-hmm. want people to have the right experience you know and that turns into business for us and that's we understand that it helps us get them the boat they want yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you got a lot of people that get into a Raider and they're like, hey, I don't need another boat other than this one. This yeah. one's going to work perfectly yeah. for me. Well, they feel that way for a couple of years. Yeah. Until <laughs> <laughs> the double eagle goes yeah, by and home. Yeah, the double eagle, yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, just looking at, at it up there. Whew, it's a beautiful boat. <laughs> well, and how many? so how many boats to date are we at in 2024 now? I think, we're, I think our number right now is 278. Okay. So, 278. Yeah. Is there like some sort of um, celebratory, you know? Uh, we threw a big party at a hundred boats, uh-huh. um, and then another pretty big one at two hundred. So we, we like every hundred boats, we try to throw, yeah. throw a 
big party. Kind of a, yeah. a marker, yeah. century if, mark. If we could have played this out perfect, it would have been 300 boats at 50 years. I don't think we're quite, oh, quite yeah. going to get there. Oh, man. That would have been nice. 12 a year, you said? <laughs> yeah, about. No. And that includes recreational and all the other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so you, uh, the business has grown a lot, obviously, but the, the number of boats hasn't um kept pace because the boats have gotten a lot bigger and a lot more complex so oh, the number they take of, longer to build a lot longer mm-hmm. yeah so like uh, like an 80 footer is equivalent to building like eight or, or ten um small boats right. in terms of man hours okay right? yeah so yeah um so a, a pretty cool story a few years ago uh getting up to the 200th boat uh eric's dad and their family you know build some boats and uh but we were able to build, it was the last, last boat your dad had, a uh, real nice cat, and it was the 200th hole. And it's oh, like, it's really? It's like awesome. Down in the structure, it's cut into it. There's 200 in there. It, oh, it's that's pretty awesome. pretty cool to make sure that was his boat. Yeah. And yeah. was that by design, or just the timing of it just came just right? Uh, or was dad well, like, again, oh, I will have the 200th boat? <laughs> I don't remember. He might have said that. He probably said that. <laughs> he said that to you. <laughs> he, wrote it on, my back. <laughs> he wrote it on a napkin and slid it over to him. <laughs> Let's build the 200th napkin boat. <laughs> so so uh, can you go back a page up there? Oh, yeah. We were looking in. So you have uh, the recreational boat. You have the trooper boats. You have the... Oh, we're going to go to the um, oil, custom boats. The oil spill. Where are we? Oh, where That's was just it? custom. Oh, no. Um, you got landing craft. Mm-hmm. So what What are the other ones you're doing? You're doing a saner this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, commercial fish boats. So we're, we're doing a saner and a Bristol Bay boat this oh, year. Okay. Um, so we got a pretty strong commercial fish presence this year. Yeah. It goes go. in cycles. Um and then uh, we got passenger vessels. So we've been building passenger catamarans for the last five or six years, nonstop. Um, Talking like glacier viewing boats uh, or uh, uh, fjord cured type yeah. whale watching. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yep. And the, so those are all Coast Guard certified. That's a whole a whole another division to kind of work through all that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then oil, yeah, oil and, and gas response. So we we've done a fair bit of work for that market sector as well. Mm-hmm. Again, that kind of follows the. <clears throat> the cost of a barrel of oil you yeah know? <laughs> but, yeah um but they're they're, they're great projects and are us- usually look for something real really customized which is super fun to figure out you know yeah what's different about those they always have a real specific mission right they, they got to do a specific job and it requires some engineering and design to get that job done okay um, the whole I mean, again though the foundation the <clears throat> there's some similarities in the hull shapes and the, the styling uh-huh. we try to give our signature on there somewhere yeah. but it's really a about the mission of that project it's like getting the boom <clears throat> in the back or something stuff yeah like that. it's oil recovery you know how they're going to deploy a skimmer and a, and a boom mm-hmm. um and and do it all safely and quickly and not be cumbersome like that yeah. yeah and a lot of times they have an operating profile like have to tow x amount of weight through the water at x amount of speed for mm. x amount of time or okay. so whatever that yeah. criteria is you yeah got to meet all that so. you have any of those <clears throat> in the arctic we don't yet oh uh, no we have we have one boat up there there's one up there yeah it's oh, pretty cool yeah uh, just a few years ago built a, a whole fleet over there went to Val- oh, yeah. valdez for okay the, uh they use them as on the tugs okay so, yeah. are they like uh smaller uh what 20 footers or something or what Kind of a quick response type. 20, 22 footers. They're little jet, wanna, jet tugboat things. I want to say yeah. they're, oh, are they kind of like these little guys right here? 
Yep. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Yep. A cool little boat, man. Is that a, that's an inboard too, isn't it? Yeah, inboard diesel with a water jet. They're super fun to drive. They're like a big jet ski. Oh, I bet, <laughs> man. And they just haul a load and push everything around. Yeah, they got a lot of pushing and pulling power, but then they're fast too and yeah. super maneuverable. So get up and rip. Yeah. Well, uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, we'll take one more break here, um, and then uh, we'll get into. Wanted to talk about the North Cape. Yeah, Some you. design going into mm-hmm. that. So let's. Uh, let's go. We'll be right back. Big Ray's The Alaskan Outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Ray's has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. At Big Ray's, you'll find brands like Carhartt, Grundens, Darn Tough, FXD, Okiware, and more. Big Ray's is your one-stop shop for both outdoor gear and rugged work attire. Check out their new exclusive line of durable but affordable waders, inspired by and named after the majestic Aralik River in remote western Alaska. The Aralik wader was designed by Alaskans and proven for the diverse waters of the last frontier. Visit Big Rays at any of their five locations statewide, two in Anchorage, two in Fairbanks, one in Kodiak, or check them out online at BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration, helping Alaskans turn disasters into new beginnings since 1972. Their 24-hour services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, and repairs. Tailored built its reputation with years of committed and reliable service to the community with innovative restoration and home remodeling. When you have an unexpected home issue at the most improbable time, Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you anytime, day or night. Tailored Restoration has locations to serve you in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Give them a call at 907-344-1239 or make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and Overlander products. If you want to customize your vehicle, talk to the team at Total Truck where you'll find their expertise along with top brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, Eye Camper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Lining Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Want to turn your truck into a sleeping option? They have rooftop tents, custom camping equipment, electronics, and solar energy packages to keep you powered up deep in the backcountry. Stop by their store location on Dowling between the new and old Seward Highway or check them out at TotalTruckAK.com. Yeah, it's like the utility truck yeah. of boats, right? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The, landing, the landing craft is the, the pickup truck at Ketchmack Bay. Is that what you, is that what <laughs> you guys what, call it? That's them? what they, we call it, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I I dabbled a lot up in the North Rivers, like the Big Susitna River, and, you know, you get up into the Yetna and Alexander Creek, and, and you start seeing, like, wow, the it's a ton of landing crafts yeah. that are operating transport businesses and, and – huge motors on them and big boats. I mean, there's some 40, 50 foot landing crafts that are run rivers. And so I, I didn't really realize that there was so much of a market for the landing craft in Alaska yeah. until I saw that. And then you start, you know, catch Mac and you see them in Whittier. You know, some of the transporters are using them 
a lot more now, but uh, I'm assuming because of the community across the bay over in Homer is is kind of the driver on the landing craft game. Yeah, is that would I, that be or Seldovia and yeah, it just that whole community across the water kind of, of thing. Yeah, over there and and then southeast Alaska. I kind of think like per capita landing crafts have got to be like an Alaska thing. Like, it, it mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Kodiak, the Yukon. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all yeah, over. Very yeah, very true. Yeah, very true. We get a, a lot of people from, you know, out of state coming up, a tourist in the summers, and the whole landing craft just blows their mind. They they think it's, like, Normandy or something, you know, they're landing. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell are these guys doing? Well, I've got your, uh, I've got North Cape, the 36-foot uh, catamaran uh, that you guys custom built. What When was this uh, put into production, and when did it hit the water? Oh, so we built this one last winter. And, oh, uh, it's a yeah, brand new boat. Brand new boat. Yeah, oh, wow. Uh, this last summer was the first summer it went in. And okay. Actually went to work. So. And what was the boat designed for? Uh, everything. So, everything? Yeah. And uh, kind of a dream project. So we have Coldwater. It's a, an adventure company up here in Alaska. Okay. And That's Coldwater AK? Yep. Right? Okay. And uh, yeah, this boat was kind of built for mission specific just uh the the whole alaska coast and everything in between so uh, there's a lot of stuff in this boat um being able to go out and charge around in some big water and yeah hit the beach and uh, uh you know take passengers safely around comfort a ride so. so it's like taxi uh transporter equipment hauler yeah uh, you guys even fish out of it too absolutely yeah yeah uh, fishing Spear fishing, we're diving off of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, in one day, I mean, they'll be taking people out whale watching and pull in and then load up a bunch of four wheelers and lumber for a cabin package and they're off to the next place. All right. All right. Yeah. It's multi use. I saw that there's like custom adventures yeah. that you guys plan out of that. That looked pretty rad. Yeah. I, it's, got, I got a video here. I'm just going to have the background noise going. It's, it's about three minutes. You guys cool? We watch this? Yeah. Here's All the right. North Cape landed. This specific boat for me has been a sentimental build. I've known Brad and this Lisa is Brian, and one of our family for several years. Long time. And uh, I was actively involved managers. in the build of okay. the two older boats that they have been running. When we took the contract to build this boat for him and then I was uh, awarded the opportunity to build it, it was kind of like stepping back in Sorry, time. Sorry, it's got a little lag there, guys. It was to be able to take all of those we'll catch years up of here experience in a second. and then work closely with Brad and Lisa and uh, kind of ramp it up for them. Well, fully custom boats, so it gets to be a little on the creative on, side. It's not cookie cutter. Got to know Brad pretty well the last number of years, so that was. This year is Ian. He's our shop foreman. Okay. I'm not doing a real good job here. Should have had a six pack of beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another part uh, that's been incredible with this build is working with uh, some of the Bayweld crew that have been involved in the build of some of our other vessels uh, built nearly 20 years ago. Well, I've been with Bayweld for 19 years. Oh, right around 26 years. There we go. Kind of started off as the, the floor sweep. 
retention, baby. We've been able to bring in several young guys and gals that are just eager to learn the trade in kind of a, an apprenticeship type program. And so it's been a real challenge and a real uh, rewarding opportunity to teach the younger up and coming generation that have an interest in the industry how to uh, take the creative expressions of a customer and bring it to life, turn it into a real product. So I got 350s on it Growing or up, we didn't have a uh, 300s. And 300s. So knowing what Homer is now, some of the best parts of living here on the other side of the bay in the uh, state park. A goal for me and my wife was uh, to have access to that. And, you know, over the years that's grown into cold water. Our other boats are only able to carry six passengers and we continually run into larger groups that are part of a wedding party or a family reunion or large groups that are just traveling together and it's nice to be able to put some of that fit and finish of that interior together. right there nice and cozy oh, man, yeah, that looks like so much space very simple simplistic though yeah very functional Cl clean but very functional and simple the boat's uh, quite a bit bigger the bow ramp on it is designed for a, a much larger uh, capacity, you know, as far as loading TVs and cargo. It's going to have longer range. You know, it's been a real enjoyable project. It's been a challenging project. It's been a real joy to work with Brad and Lisa. And uh, I'm really looking forward to getting some water under it and seeing the joy of them operating and serving the community and the different Very cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That is rad. Real cool part of that story is both Brian and Ian uh, <clears throat> built some of the other boats that we have nearly 20 years ago. That's super cool. Yeah, that is that's way cool. And it, back to that, uh, I want to give you props on that production, man. Like the those videos and the the way you guys covered it and edited it all out. I mean, it really does depict what is going on with uh, the unique and really cool design work that you guys are doing with the boats. And I. I that was the video I'd watched earlier. I love that next generation apprenticeship, teaching young guys, passing on that book of knowledge, right? Yeah, right. To some, some people that are going to carry on the legacy and keep building beautiful boats for the future, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that is way cool. Uh, I want to get into uh, cold water, but let's go ahead and run through our trivia and see what these guys got for their trivia game. <laughs> you ready? Should we hit? Should we hit the? Yeah, hit the let's tunes? get the tunes going. All right, we got our trivia tunes on. All right, uh, so we did a little. Don't be intimidated by the tune, right? <laughs> little no pressure. Question specific to you guys, um, but we're gonna let Brandon answer first, and then we'll go oh, in the circle. Okay, okay. I do not have. So the we'll answers. go counterclockwise here. Okay. Uh, just because you may have some of these answers, so we'll see. All right, what is the biggest fish ever caught spearfishing? Ever. Biggest What is fish. it? What kind of fish and about how big it is? Uh, how big it was. I'm going to say it's like a big-ass giant grouper. Like one of them big-ass, like the heads are as big as this table. Uh, what, are the, what are those things? You, uh, I'm trying to think where you catch those big grouper things. Like Florida or We don't have to East say where. Okay. How big and how a much it weigh? Grouper is 500 pounds. 500 pounds. All right. Mm, I'm going to go with halibut. At uh, 210. Spearfishing. Spearfishing. Probably like a billfish, like a sailfish. 
460. Yeah, it was a, oh. a, a billfish. It was a black marlin, and it was wow. 581 pounds. Oh, they got it in uh, South Africa. How the hell do you spearfish a marlin? Uh, see, they're so fast. That's yeah. I mean, they're like a predator fish, like flying through the water. How do you like <laughs> hold I, on? Yeah. <laughs> How do you like uh, hold on? Time it. <laughs> so what's crazy is when I was doing this research, all like the top ten fish are all billfish. Okay, and, and and they're all monsters. And uh, anyway, I didn't have enough time to go and tell all the different stories, but I had like a nice little picture, and it is massive. Brad <laughs> mm. said, "Hold That's on." It. Yeah, yeah, hold on. All right. Okay. So here's the second one. Um, what is the world record spearfished halibut? How big is it? Mm. World record spearfished halibut came in at 285 pounds. I'm going to go back to my 210. Sticking with 210. Oh, you have some intel? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just consistency. Okay. There you go. It's like you build your boats. <laughs> I think I'm cheating, but 135. So it's 149. Did you catch it? But. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, one of the captains at Coldwater, he's the guy that holds the record. So, oh, yeah, okay. At, at 149. And, uh, All right. There's some uh, dissension when we talk about this because he actually got caught on a couple technicalities the way the pictures were taken, I think. And that's, uh, oh. I think in the books, it's, uh, he got docked a couple points so the, ah. the, the line item i think it's a few pounds less do you know the story yeah. about how he got it yeah uh right out of homer there and uh so uh john a uh, good friend of ours uh was up in alaska he's a really good uh waterman and spear fisherman and uh asked around about spearfishing halibut went out and dove down and first dive down uh plugged this fish oh man so, yeah Wait, was there a free dive or did yeah, he? Yeah, it's on all free. Yeah, and so that's a really important part of this is uh, all these records, it's it's free dive. Okay. Yeah, it's so rad. Yeah. God, that's incredible. Yeah. And we're talking like Go 100 foot ride. down type free dive? Uh, probably 40, 50 feet. Was he hitting like kelp beds or? A lot of these big fish are in the kelp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty You got to cool. swim through those to kind of get down in there and, oh my God. The part like I don't do this because I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but the part that gets me is like, okay, you, I can get my head around holding your breath and going down and spearing that thing. Yeah, yeah, that's half of it. <laughs> now you got to get back to the you're <laughs> holding yeah. on to it, right? Yeah. It's wild. Or did they let like a balloon up or something like a CO two charge? Or do they have to bring or like it a up? buoy or something? Like they got a reel on the gun, so you got some line to work with. Uh huh. Go back up and take a breath and. Uh, and get go back down to and work. Battle it. Go, down, go down and convince it. <laughs> 149 pound halibut. <laughs> Slap you around a little bit. I mean, I hell, even spearing a 50 pounder probably a ride because you know, if you think about when you you boat a 40 50 pound halibut, they usually are the feistiest fighting. You know, ripping around mm. size. So yeah. to spear one, it must be like that's a hold on too. So, so like, <laughs> I, I got to add to this. Uh, sure, it was two years ago. Um, we had a gal come up and she got the women's uh, record. And actually, I think the women's biggest fish ever shot, but she did with the pole spear. And you guys really? No, what's that? What it's is it? It's like the Hawaiian sling. It's not a gun. Oh, it's like a. Yeah. Oh, it just has the bands it's in like it. A like pointy stick with a band. Did yeah. she have oh, the three prongs or did she have uh, the one prong with the. It's like a slip. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but this fish was, it was as big as she was. Yeah. And uh, 
wrestled that thing all the way up to the top. That's amazing. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> There's a lot of Alaska adventures I want to do, but I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> but I'll go on the boat and watch. <laughs> G- Galen Nelson has gotten really big into it, and so he's in, he he's in Belize right now doing it. And it, so uh, he's he's got okay. me very interested. It's getting real, but like there's a lot of people getting into this. Yeah. It seems cool. Yeah. Have you done it? No. No. <laughs> What's your biggest? How you? Fish? We'll drive the boat. That's right. <laughs> I'll be the deckhand. Uh, last season, I got a like a one ten. Big fish feels yeah. big in the water. Oh, oh that's, that's a huge. big halibut. Yeah. yeah. It's a big fish, period. And they're but, powerful. Oh, yeah. No, it's like tying into a truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how did it go down? Did you did you spot it? Like, was it camo? Was it moving around? How how did you find him? Uh, uh, this one actually dove down and kind of lay in the kelp. And uh, the your spear tip has a little barb. Mm-hmm. And the... It actually, I could see it, it. It saw it and started coming at me and was able to plug it. It was uh, coming at you? Yeah, it came over to check out what was going on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all, right. all right. That's so cool, man. That's yeah. pretty rad. Wow. Did you see those weird two eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Were you calm and collected when it was coming at you? Yeah, until I pulled the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> then he went for your ride. Hold on. <laughs> all right, let's go to the next one. Um, so, what are the two largest boats ever built in Alaska, and how big are they? The two largest boats ever built in Alaska, and how big are they? Um, the first one is a, I'm going to say it's a oil response barge. It is, how big is it? Oh, man. 300 feet. I'm just totally winging it here, boys. Uh, so why can't it just be the biggest? It's well, got to be two. That was pro- the reason I was asking two <laughs> is it, it's kind of a hit. Oh, so I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause. You guys go. <laughs> I think it's ours. I think we built the. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with ours. We built two boats: Point Sophia and the uh, Port Frederick, two 80 foot catamarans. It, this is in the state. In the state. Oh no! You wouldn't build a three hundred foot boat in the state, probably, right? To build that no, on I, the water. I'm thinking like the the uh, marine highway, probably a couple of the ferries, like oh, the Tuscany yeah, or something built, like down in Ketchikan. So fast ones were built here. That's yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Four hundred foot. All right. Yeah, you you nailed it. They are for they were from um, the the ferry system, the marine highway. They were the MV Hubbard and the MV Taslina. Yeah. They're both oh. built in Ketchikan uh, by uh, now what is called Vigor Industrial. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was they originally both designed there, but then the um, during the design process, it was going to cost them like a hundred million more dollars, some huge amount. So then they shipped out the design to Elliott Bay, and then uh, they designed it. But then the Vigor who had bought Ketchikan. Oh, who, was, who did they buy? I have it written in here. Dry. Oh, man, I can't see it. Anyway, they bought an Alaskan company oh. and um, and then built it here. So that was cool. And one was released um, and the other one was released like four years later. But they're sisters, so they're the yeah. exact same size at 280 feet. The Taslina wow. used to run from Whittier to Cordova. I rode on it. It was a, a fast car ferry. I forgot those were built in the state. They were cool boats. Yeah. And the Taslina's... Was bigger than the Tustamina that 
I've only been uh, on the Testamina, and that no, feels like a monster. It wasn't bigger than the Testamina. It was faster. It didn't okay. haul there as much, but it was. Okay. I mean, it, you'd drive your truck on there, tow on a little boat or something to ride to Cordova, and then the thing would do 30 knots. It was cool. Oh, damn. Yeah. That got up on step. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I got one more quick one. Yeah. Okay. How big was the largest boat ever built? And do you know the name? If you don't know the name, that's cool. The largest boat like just ever in the yeah, world? How many feet? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was the Bohemoth. It came in at eight hundred and fifty <laughs> feet long. That's a good name, man. <laughs> You're not too far off the name. Two hundred and eighty feet. Eight hundred and fifty. Eight hundred and fifty. That's so huge. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. No, no clue. Uh, I'm gonna guess though. Oh boy, probably closer to fifteen hundred feet because I know there's oh, a shit. bunch of boats over well over twelve hundred. Oh. That's all I got. Yeah, it's got to be some like tank, tanker, freighter, uh, I don't know, 1,800 feet. It was a tanker, and it was 1,503 feet. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it was called the Seawise Giant. Behemoth, Behemoth the Giant? Yeah, that was close. close. Yeah. It's close. no longer operating. Oh. That is close. Wow. Yeah, that's <laughs> a crazy. huge ship. What I thought that? it was going to be like aircraft carrier. Like, what does it do know. once it's retired? Like, what it, uh, it goes to those places overseas where they chop them in little pieces and oh, okay pull them up on the beach and scrap them or oh, it is that what becomes a fish processing plant inside <laughs> the town of kodiak <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a small nation down in the south <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no kidding yeah. oh right on all right uh so brad Coldwater ak is taxi transport adventure do you have a lodge or is it what kind of what is uh what does this all encompass <clears throat> it's uh kind of filling that gap for uh getting people to it's an adventure company but uh getting them to where they need to go and we all know here in alaska you know the water's the the, the big obstacle so we have uh we have a handful of boats and up and down the alaska coast a lot of it is local there in homer uh, okay. State park with a lot of hiking and camping, uh, a lot of hunters, and uh, yeah. So we just we help fill that gap. Uh, some of it's real straightforward. People are going for a hike, and we help getting them uh, to where they're going. There's other you know crazy adventures that we help kind of fill that gap. But we we have the local knowledge and expertise, and uh, and then the boats and help make it happen for them. So, and uh, North Cape is. One of the boats in your fleet, you have multiple boats? It is, yeah. In your fleet? Okay. Yeah. And the North Cape uh, is kind of helping with some of the growth we have. We've really been kind of hemmed in with how many people you can carry. So this is mm -hmm. a uh, it's a part of what we do there at Bayweld. Uh, the Coast Guard uh, inspected vessels. There's some pretty strict uh, guidelines and requirements mm. for passenger vessels. And, yeah, this boat carries uh, up to 23 people, load a big crew on and get them around. And that's with a, a deck full of stuff too. Uh, no, we, we get oh. we get a full load, full load of people on there. It fills up pretty quick. But, okay, uh, but oh, that's true because you only get so many inside. Then you got folks kind of hanging out on the yeah. deck, and okay, yeah. Yeah. twenty three total. Yeah. What were the beginnings like? How did, how did this idea come to you guys, and how did it get started? Uh, so kind kind of a bit of form and function. Uh, a couple of the other boats were landing crafts, uh, and quickly could see how 
you know, perfectly suited they are for what we do. Everybody likes to go up on front and watch. And, yeah. Uh, and then to turn around and be able to put four wheelers on there and snow yeah. machines sure. and load lumber. And, yeah. Uh, so, a little skidster or something like that on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, weather kicks up and uh, you can definitely f- feel where they lack. So the North Cape, it's a catamaran. It's got a real high tunnel underneath mm-hmm. it so it can charge through some bit, pretty big water. And yeah. Um, yeah, you get people up on there and go ripping around 45-footers, and everybody's just smiling. So. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. 45-footers, you just said? 425. 425. <laughs> yeah, 45-footers. <laughs> I was like, holy uh, shit, <laughs> That thing's out there surfing? It's an extreme sport. Catamaran. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's a little bit of a backstory on, on cold water? Um, where did the culmination of this start? Where did the dream or passion of that that business itself it it's got pre Baywell involvement no this was post? kind of uh you know i had been working offshore uh yeah coming back and forth to homer but when i started there full-time at Baywell, started a family um mm-hmm. cold water kind of started about the same time we ended up uh picking up one of the landing crafts and it kind of just took on a life of its own we've just kind of been along for the ride um but that uh, filling that gap for kind of getting people out of home and connecting people on the water, um, you know, one thing led to the next, and it's just just kind of been trying to keep up with it. And the, the great part is, I mean, we all know this, like the hunting, the fishing, the camping, yeah. like Alaska. This is why we're here. Yeah. It's, it's all the cool stuff we get to go do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, people call up and ask, and I love saying yes, we figure out how to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are the one for you. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, I kind of wondered how like that water taxi process works in Homer. Like, if you just want to run over to Soldovia or to uh, what's the bay straight across the main one with all like the lodges and stuff. Oh, Halibut Cove. Halibut Cove. Mm-hmm. Um, is there just like <clears throat> daily chart daily taxis? You just call somebody on the phone real quick, and like, I'll be there in 20. It's not like but, a set route. That's, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. we get, it's not, we it's not Uber on the water. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm imagining, right? <laughs> yeah, the yellow taxi sitting down there. <laughs> no, uh, people just call us up. They tell us kind of where they want to go. and uh, Okay. We'll, we'll tell them, yeah, you know, boat's available, and uh, meet us at this time. We can run you across. So so most of it's ske- pre-scheduled, but you do have you do some spontaneous, like, yeah, we got an open seat. You can get on right now. Like, for, for walk-ins yeah there's a couple pretty popular hikes uh out of home mm. there mm-hmm. and you, you, the boat will be headed that direction and yeah pe- people jump on we'll fill the boat up uh multiple groups going to the same place at once okay Grace ridge and oh yeah 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 yeah, kind of. That's the that taxi thing to me was like. <laughs> just imagine if there's just some dude down there in his boat just smoking a cigarette, <laughs> waiting, <laughs> waiting for you to come down. And <laughs> it's a unique thing, I, I think, to Alaska. I mean, I, there's water taxis elsewhere, but uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people come come into Homer specifically and like, what, what is a water taxi? What is a yeah. water taxi yeah. exactly? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I've been dropped across a few times. It's been nice. You get there's amazing network of trails and it's it's rad yeah it's a cool place yeah yeah and there's a lot of a lot of people have cabins and stuff over there there's quite a bit of private property across Kachemak bay and a lot of people use the taxi service for that to get back and forth to their yeah. places okay you know? um so in that regard 
it's kind of a tax. I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. taxi. I think that's how the name yeah. got there, but it certainly doesn't function kind of the way we think. Yeah, about taxi. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like running down the downtown New York City. Yeah, <laughs> there's, quite there's like a, that. a few of the communities you know that they do get the <laughs> marine highway. The ferries come in and out of there, but you know during the winter the that service will slow down or it's pretty sporadic. And those water taxis, it's like for Soldovia, mm-hmm. oh, a lot of people, that's, that's, how must, they get, huh? that's how they get back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially since the Alaska Marine Highway kind of, they slowed way down, didn't they? They've cut their routes. It just, it's funding. They've funding, right. Struggling, yeah. struggling yeah. To, to, to fund their whole operation. So they've cut back. Yeah, and that's a, that's affected a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, so, yeah, the water taxis felt... Brought you a lot of business in the in a yeah. sense, though, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Just um, especially in Homer, there uh, those communities keep keeping people back and forth. Yeah, it's it, critical, right, to the lifestyle. It's awesome that you're there to support that and the lack of the ferry system. Um, so, like you know, these custom adventures sound rad. You got to have a few that uh, were just like blow your mind that you want to share that you had planned, or is it? Yeah, it's uh we touched on the spear fishing. The like, spear that's fish. a yeah, huge spear thing. fishing, yeah. Yeah. Some of the really some of the coolest stuff we've done have been for uh some of the exploratory stuff. Like this summer we were over at Augustine. Oh what? Uh, they were doing uh some geographic stuff there and I mean when you're working on a volcano, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. an island, it's right there in front right. of you, like steaming. Uh but with helicopters. So we're over there like with equipment. Uh, swinging stuff off the boats with helicopters coming in and out. It's, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. It's not really a job. It's pretty fun. I yeah, think. absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's cool. an adventure in itself. Yeah. Yeah, and and you guys offer, do you have like packages that Coldwater AK offers in terms of like, so you you um, you surf, you spearfish. Uh, is, it, is it a like custom package by package request or do you actually have windows and uh like openings for certain things we kind of just to make it simple we yeah we have the like a day rate for the boat it's kind of like you just charter it out it's yeah like, okay it's like you and your buddy's gonna just charter the boat and yeah. take off and we've got the captain but make everything else happen too um for the like for the spear fishing especially in the summers uh i go through and block out some okay you know we'll we only do six trips a year and okay uh, kind of call through and get in touch with certain people and plan them but uh not really uh packages as much as just uh to make it simple we've got flat rate per day and okay uh, but it'll get you where you want to go yeah and it's i mean so there's a tie-in here i'm just gonna plug this right back to Bayweld. yeah <laughs> there's, there's sounds a, about right there, there, yeah that's, that's my job <laughs> uh but there's an obvious kind of natural tie-in here what cold water does is if you dream it up, they'll figure out how to take you to do it. Yeah. Right. Mm. And that's really what they're all about is like, and, and it's all, it's like, how far do you want to go? How extreme you want to be? They'll yeah. take, they'll take you there and help you do it. It's consistent with how we think about Bay Weld is what, what do you want? What do you want to do? We'll, we'll help you figure that out. We'll design you something to do that thing and, and kind of get out there and do what you want to do. And that's very much what cold water does. And it just so happens they use a bait well to do that, which yeah, is absolutely. a great connection. Yeah, that's Perfect. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. a beautiful it, boat. It, there's a lot in the, the personality too. Like me and Eric, like like figuring stuff out and taking stuff on. And, uh, sure. That yeah, goes both ways. Do you have some influence adventure. on cold water when it comes to? No, uh, I, I wouldn't say influence, but I have a, I have a. And you guys uh, are buddies. So you bounce yeah. things off of each other. And 
and I have a um, just an interest. I, I like yeah. you know I yeah. like seeing what they're doing. It's 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 exciting, mm-hmm. um, and it keeps what we're building real relevant. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. it's on the water. Brad and his team are out there using it, and that brings feedback and lots of good conversations. Probably one of my our my favorite things that we do with the boats occasionally is load up our sleds, go across Catchmack Bay and go rip up the mountains. Yeah. That's you guys, cool. there's windows of time when the snow's right and you can do that. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I so many times I've stared across the bay from my grandparents' <laughs> restaurant. You can see all those rolling hills. Oh man. That looks like the best ride ever. So yeah, talking is. about like some of the, <laughs> <laughs> the cool adventures. Yeah. You load all the sleds up. And uh, did this last winter, <clears throat> Arctic oven, and you go drag them up into High Valley someplace and set oh, up camp no and way. just have an awesome weekend, and then go back down and stick them on the boat and roll them. Wow, over. man, that's awesome. That's like the perfect Alaska, right? Like, yeah. there's still places you can do that and mm-hmm. untracked, yeah, untouched. You know, yeah. you're not going to good see as it anyone. gets. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's not going to be a bunch of truck and enclosed trailers yeah. in the parking lot over there. But it takes. A cold water AK yeah, boat to get yeah, you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Built by Baywell. <laughs> so, wh- where, what spurred the spear fishing? Like, where did that? Was that just some wild hair you got, or you're watching videos one night at home and like, I'm going to give that a shot? Or I, I'm not going to even act like we knew what we were doing. Um, okay. So, uh, trial by fire? <laughs> surfing, actually, like getting in the oh. water. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Ended up getting wetsuits so you can go jump in the water in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. It kind of opens up this whole world. Like all this, you know, you go elsewhere in the world, 70-degree uh, water. There's just this amazing world that's available to you. Got wetsuits, and suddenly that was Alaska. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, for quite a few years surfing uh, in and around Alaska and Homer. And uh, uh, one of my good buddies there, I remember the conversation uh around homer and the kelp there's areas you know 20 30 feet and sometimes when you're fishing you can see the halibut come up we're like man we should try shooting one of those things yeah and uh yeah one thing led to another uh and it was getting gear and yep yeah get on uh amazon and buy a spear gun yeah yeah so (laughs) (laughs) um, step one but what was really cool about all of that is uh uh, it connected us to a network, and, and it was actually uh, John who came up there. He came up, shot shot a world record fish, uh, connected, kind of got into this network, and we didn't never even expected what it would turn into. But uh, in a very short period of time, suddenly people connected and realized you could go spearfish in Alaska, and uh, it's put us in touch with some amazing people, some amazing companies and products. Uh, we've had a few teams that have come up and done trips specifically to uh and it's they, they don't want to come up and just shoot a huge fish they're coming up here for alaska right and uh it's, it's hard to even describe i mean you're out there with just the rugged coastline and just yeah. this incredible atmosphere and then you're diving shooting fish and these like-minded people that are totally from a different culture or different place so it's what a rad place to spend spend you know what a rad thing to do together you know yeah it sounds like a bucket list thing i mean it's like yeah real deal yeah yeah but uh honestly uh just kind of by luck yeah try tried it out and it's been a privilege to be part of it and get to meet all these people yeah what's your success rate for shooting fish yeah uh 
It depends on the diver. All right. Yeah, we've uh, Alaska is a really challenging place to dive. Uh, the current, uh, water temperatures. There's a there's a bunch of stuff to it, but um, I don't know, fifty to sixty percent. Oh, that's uh, damn good. Yeah, we we get some people that come up that are really good divers and they do real well they can spend a lot of time down there and they know what they're looking for okay um but uh yeah the for me though it's uh the success rate though it, it really depends on you can see it in their eyes like they've been out and even if they don't shoot a fish they've had a really yeah good time. Oh, oh totally yeah. on that mm-hmm. dude the yeah. fun's gotta be there yeah. how about oh no go ahead go how ahead. about king salmon <clears throat> are you guys doing that you yeah uh shoot a few kings that come through uh-huh. um is there a pretty small window of the year when they're they're in the lower inlet there and um i've actually I, probably a half dozen times you're sitting there and you're looking down for halibut and you look up and uh there's a, a king or a silver coming right through the kelp for you they always catch you off guard yeah kind of spooky a little bit yeah come through so fast yeah that's cool man that's incredible so the surfing where'd that where'd that start uh some of the old guard in Homer, a handful mm. of guys from uh, California and Hawaii, and they makes they, sense. They knew what they had, <laughs> kind of a secret up there. Uh, some pretty specific weather patterns, but they create beautiful waves uh, down there in Homer. And uh, guys like Scott Liska over in Seward. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are a handful of us that kind of had that itch to go, yeah, try it and jump in and. Uh, yeah, the the rewards are incredible when it happens. Are you mostly just surfing the spit wind waves, or no? It's a uh, it's usually a kind of a uh, takes a northwest. Okay. Um, the lower peninsula is kind of a really cool feature. The a northern wind, the, the wind comes over the peninsula, and the waves come in from the inlet. So you get an offshore wind with these waves. They stand up, and yeah, yeah it's real beautiful. Cool. Tiaros blew my blew my mind when i found out people surfed alaska (laughs) and i'm sure listeners you know that that when we do touch on it we've had occasional conversations about it on our show especially with with the liska crew um that you would think that that would be something people are doing even similar to spearfishing like i didn't realize i kind of had been hearing about it first it was like kayak fishermen guys Mm -hmm. you get a lot of them too like the kayak fishermen yeah yeah. Okay, they want to challenge catching a big halibut on a kayak. Well, I mean, even uh, every year in the Winter King Derby now, there's like a, ki- oh, a kayak like category. Right, there is. Yeah. That's right, there is. Yeah, and it's just one of those things you're thinking, wow, they're actually doing that up there. It's it's incredible. Are you guys participating in the derby? Yeah, I'm probably trying to make it happen this year. Yeah, you guys usually too too busy dealing with boats to get to do that. Yeah, I always have a conflict between fishing and snow machining. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! If the snow's good, I know which one I'm picking. It's a perfect time of year that that spring. Oh yeah, riding is is the best. Is the snow load been pretty heavy in Homer compared to the upper South Central like us? We've just we haven't pounded. had what you guys have had. No. Oh really? We've had decent snow kind of in the upper elevations, but uh, Homer's the banana belt man. It rained it all off here recently down in town, mm. so it's like almost bare grass again yeah wow so it'll be easy breakup for you guys yeah usually is homer's pretty mild it is yeah, yeah. unique area there for a winter it's yeah. actually not that hard of winters it's not no. i've always felt like yeah, it's always pr- pretty mild yeah yeah we're always a little jealous when you guys are getting pounded with snow oh, up here though <laughs> we've had a lot of powder days this year yeah. oh. skiers love it yeah that's for sure yeah more and more homer folks are driving to alley though yeah every year so yeah. meet mm-hmm. more folks from mm-hmm. 
over. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's what's on the horizon for, for cold water? Um, like for 2024, right? You got another year with your new boat and you got clients lined up. I mean, you got any big projects that are coming down or any big, you know, contracts that, like you said, you were out there doing the seismic stuff or whatever with the volcanoes or something kind of cool and unique down the line that yeah, you were called uh, upon for? I think probably the biggest thing that's different this year is we're not building a new boat. <laughs> Save my marriage. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're continuing. Uh, that work's actually going to continue over on augustine so oh okay looking forward to that we'll be going over there pretty regularly um we, how far is that run that's uh, about a three and a half hour runs 70 some miles okay so, um yeah uh got a great crew of spear fishermen coming up this year mm-hmm. a few people uh returning which is always fun it's always good to see them again yeah. um but and then uh uh <coughs> Lots of, uh, it, I feel like tourism's kind of kicking back into gear. Uh, it really is. COVID was a weird thing. You know, yeah. there were, one year was, you know, real busy, and then it kind of died off. And this year looks good. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what, what Homer has for people coming back over there to visit the state park and just kind of see what we have. So. Yeah, there's definitely an uptick. Um, my wife's pretty deeply involved in the tourism industry, and it, it's a, also a looking down the road kind of business, right? You're thinking five, ten years down the road, you look at projections and things, and they're saying we're ready for probably one of our best decades in history yeah. in Alaska for, for future tourism, which is really encouraging. Yeah. You know, especially for a business like yourself, like yours, and and just our local economy, period, right? Yeah. And Homer's a big-time destination Yeah. for tourism, man, and one of the we're really one of the greatest – Little towns and beautiful places on earth, if you ask me. Yeah. I love that little place, yeah, man. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of memories of that little town. It's like we said, I <clears throat> building boats clear at the end of the road in Homer, Alaska, that's not the ideal location. Yeah. Uh, not at all. But that's why we want to live there. And uh, yeah. I've got a lot of pride in it. Love showing it off to people when they travel from all over the world and come into Homer and you can, you know, see it again for the first time through their eyes and yeah. you know, be part of their adventures and uh, yeah, it's great. It's a privilege. On that note, where is the facility? For <coughs> the Bayweld. Bayweld facility. Yep. Where, where we is are that? we are exactly at milepost three East End Road. So three miles east of town. Mm-hmm. And you know where Catch My Gear Shed is? Everybody, yep. everybody yep. knows where the Catch yep. My Gear Shed is. Yeah. We're uh, right before them on the same side of the road. Right okay, there. on the right side going up East End. Yep. Kind of yep. go down the hill a little bit right there. Yep. Just past um, just past the down east, right before you get to catch my gear shed. Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> Would you guys be ever uh, interested if we come into town? If we could swoop into the oh, yeah. into oh, the awesome. facility and get some videos and photos and just totally. kind of yeah, the, you know, the, the doors open. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, so we'd cool. love to have you guys stop by and be really cool. I mean, you just the magnificent work that you guys are doing. And pretty pretty cool to actually see it in yes. person. It's uh, it's super fun to show people our our shop. We we really enjoy it. We're cool. Super proud of it. You guys jamming ACDC in there or what? What are, guys, what are they guys listening to? They probably have individual headphones now. Yeah, right? oh, that's yeah. how that's yeah, how it the works. The whole the whole trying to get everybody to agree on the same music thing. That's like <laughs> death by d- committee. Yeah, it doesn't work, <laughs> no. man. So you got all those age ranges, right? Um. Oh, go ahead, Jack. Are, are you guys going to be playing in the hockey tournament down there next month? 
We got hockey you, players in the you house. You guys have Not the Ash Cup every every year. I can't skate to save my life. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no. We bring a team down every year to support that rink. So yeah, we'll nice. be down there then. Yeah. Nice. I'll be sure to hit you guys up. Yeah, yeah. do it for sure. Yeah. Man. yeah. So uh, what's uh, what's on the horizon for 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 the boat for Bay company, World? man? Yeah. yeah. What's going? What um, is it? Yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, gro- growth number one. We we're growth minded. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to make decisions that are aligned with sustainable long term growth for the company. We've we've averaged about a ten percent year over year growth for the last ten years. So it's ten x mm. factor. We just want to keep it going. Um, those choices are a little less clear these days because it's it's um it's just more involved to manage growth as we get bigger. And so uh, we're wading through those decisions. And, but right now that's, um, organization, uh, you know, administrative and executive organization. So at the top level down, we can stay ahead of the growth in an organized way. Um, so we're actively working on that. We've been, you know, we got an executive coach. We're working through some stuff in our team and team building. We're really, really honing in on team building at our at our management and executive levels so that we can really kind of find our stride and growth over the next five to ten years so and i've got to add to that that it's uh the responsibility for us is uh paramount is is to do it wisely there's mm-hmm. the growth there i feel really blessed that there's boats out there there's boats i mean a couple of years out we're looking at projects that it's there. The business is strong there. future for everyone yeah. involved. Right. But the consequences with growth, if you don't do it right, I mean, the mm. pretty big. So, uh, for not just for us in the business, it's the guys, it's the whole team uh, mm. of employees that we have are responsible to all of them and make sure that we do this uh, correctly. Yeah. And the community, you know, Absolutely. we touched on that earlier. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, we, we have, kind of a little saying that we want we want to be important enough to our community that if we weren't doing business they'd miss us yeah and so that's kind of part of this responsibility is doing this right and uh so kind of the way we define that is we're trying we are trying to make decisions aligned with becoming a legacy company and that Mm. that's how we think about it is once our role in this is done and gone who's going to fill it behind us how are they going to do it can we define it and do it organize it in such a way that they can step into this role when we're done doing our piece and that that happens time after time throughout the company. So it's, and it's a top to bottom approach. But, yeah. So that's, I mean, building the boats is like, that's our passion. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. we, we love, we love making things. We love the creativeness of the boats and it's, it's what we're all about. But the task at hand is to, to do that in the context of this, leadership you yeah. know managing it all so and well well said dude i mean every you guys this is a very well thought out oiled machine clearly you guys got going on mm-hmm. and the way you guys speak about it um you're not here just selling business and in, in boats you guys are it's community it's legacy it's history it's future like it's it encompasses all of it and uh Thanks for what you guys are doing, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's and it's Alaska, right? Like, this yeah. is like, it's, we're doing all this in the context of where we live and why we live. Yes. Here. Absolutely, yeah. man. So. And congratulations once again to your, your 50th. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Baywold's yeah, 50th uh, anniversary and uh, 50 employees strong. 
Yeah. So <laughs> keep, keep it growing, man. Uh, Jack, you got anything else to add? Tonight? I just think it's so cool what you guys are doing, man, to, you know, take the, the awesome business that your dad started and uh, create what you guys have have done and with your whole family, but keep it as like a family, keep it local, keep that quality, make all the Alaskans proud. It's, it's really fucking cool. And you can just see like how you guys are looking forward and as you grow to make sure you're growing the right way, the legacy company thing, doing the right thing for community. It, it's what we need. And it, one of the things that Alaska lacks is transparency into visions like yours. So then it can inspire others because that's, that's what we need to do. You know, we, we need to do things and make things here. We are not gonna have oil forever, right. you know? <laughs> so what's after oil? Yeah. Well, you're doing your piece. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, yeah. Super well, cool, really well said, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you nailed it right on the head, man. You guys, yeah. it, it's very refreshing and I'm starting to notice this a lot more good, genuine people. The, the kind that shake your hand, look you in the eye, smile. And mean what they say. Yeah. You know, that that is becoming such a rare commodity in the world. And um, you guys are representing every bit of that in, in your business and your culture and your people, and your family, and once again, your legacy, man. Thanks for what you guys are doing. Appreciate it. Really appreciate it, it man. Yeah. Yeah. Th- you guys, thanks yeah, for what you guys are doing on the podcast, too. I've really yeah. enjoyed, like I was telling you earlier, really enjoyed listening. And cool. I've, I've, connected to a number of things throughout alaska through listening to the people you guys interview it's really cool like i, I think you guys are playing a piece in exactly what you're talking about this whole community and you know connecting that alaska lifestyle yeah. um and and inspiring each other so yeah, yeah thanks, thanks, for, thanks back to you guys for being that common point i mean there's there's a yeah. lot of phenomenal people in alaska and uh, yeah hats off to you guys for kind of having a table to have people come in and yeah, man. put it all together. It's Thank a gift you. for us to get to it is, unwrap man. that onion on people, man. There, there's it, so many rad Alaskans. It's so cool yeah. to hear you say that because you, you never know what you get individually with guests and, and folks that come on the show. And it, I say this over and over. It ceases to amaze me every single time. It's a, just another awesome, unique experience with awesome, unique Alaskan people. And uh, we're all in it together, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right? right? That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Appreciate it. Um, make sure to support our local sponsors, everybody that makes this thing happen. Uh, make sure to check out Patreon. We got our Patreon is going to go ahead and start kicking back off. We've got some uh, unsolicited recordings and episodes that are going to be coming on after that are coming out in the future. Um, other than that, that's that's all I got tonight, guys. Yeah. Support local greens. That's right, Alaska. Stay wild. You remember my speaking to you of what I nice. call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Big Rays, the Alaskan outfitter, committed to outfitting Alaskans across the state since 1947. Whether you're a recreator, parent, guide, or corporate buyer, Big Rays has the gear you need tailored for Alaska's harsh conditions. Check out their new exclusive line of aerobic waders. Big Rays for all your outdoor gear and rugged work attire. 
BigRays.com. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include weekly lawn care, custom landscaping, fertilizing, weed control, turf repair, and more. Schedule your free estimate at lawnproak.com. Alaska's OG Cider Company, Double Shovel, crafting gluten-free colonial-style ciders, founded as a healthier non-inflammatory brew option. Drop by their Pop and Tap room in Anchorage off of 58th and Arctic or visit the second location in Kodiak. Double Shovel, award-winning ciders. Alaska Mining and Diving Supply, located in Anchorage, is our go-to for powder sleds and utility rigs. Whether you're in the mountains with the flat bill bros, running trap lines, or hauling freight, they have the selection to get you dialed from peaks to the valleys. Find them on Commercial Drive or akmining.com. and act upon the clean, I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth. And it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy. And it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.